Oh, hello, podcast listeners. How are you? Welcome to the Brutally Honest Podcast. I am your host, Harrison Barron. The usual, um, if you enjoy the show, please, please, please smash that subscribe button. I think you guys are going to like this one. Full of a lot of good information. A lot of good banter as well. Um, the If you really enjoy it, share it out. Tell somebody. Leave a little review on the good old iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, the website is live. I'm sure many of you know. You can find all the good stuff in there. I'm um, going to be doing some major work on it again. Uh, but if you go to BrutallyHonestPodcast.com, you can locate it all there. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. I really don't need to cover that much. It's, uh, you know, the holidays are coming around the corner. Life's been pretty crazy. Didn't do one last week. I apologize to everybody who's eagerly waiting, uh, doing a bunch this week. So, you know, just making things happen. And uh, I'm getting bookings all the way until, like, January now, which is pretty wild. That's like a month and a half out ridiculous but I'm, I'm excited I've got a lot of really good uh people coming on the show and uh some repeats some some new people some new some new ideas new talents new different new different things that people do so I'm excited I'm always excited I love doing this I was so fired up last night from the podcast I couldn't even sleep I'm doing this at five in the morning because I love you guys and I want to make sure you guys can hear it throughout your work day um so last but not least want to give a uh Thank you to the Nerds That Care for sponsoring the podcast. The uh, Nerds That Care is a local IT company on Long Island, and that doesn't mean they they only work locally. They do work from, uh, I guess at this point, coast to coast. But the perks of having your own outsourced IT company, um, you have C- outsourced CTO services, Chief Technology Officer services, where you have somebody who is going to be managing your your stuff, making sure you're making the right technological decisions, um, making sure that you're providing the best customer, customer experience possible while keeping your network secure. Um, other great things that, you know, having an outsourced IT company can do is keeping your company running as as efficiently as possible. You're not paying um, employees to sit around with a broken computer. They're getting fixed um, with little to no downtime, and then they're back up and running. That means more money for you as a business owner. It's just great. There's so many perks to having your outsourced IT company, if you didn't know this already. So with all that being said, go check them out, nerdsthatcare.com. That's N-E-R-D-S-T-H-A-T-C-A-R-E.com, Nerds That Care. So huge thank you to them. And uh, my guest tonight, tonight, today, last night, whatever you want to call it, was my very good friend, Dr. Phil Fauquet. And uh, he's a chiropractor located on Long Island. Good people, super smart. Uh, we have a lot of fun on the uh, on the show. And uh, we could have gone for hours. And uh, I, I didn't want I didn't want to make you guys sit there for three hours. But uh, that that one could easily have been a three hour podcast. But he's coming back anyway, whether you like it or not. And uh, so please, without any further ado, please welcome my friend, Dr. Phil Fauquet. That that is a huge thing where if you 
you need to have like if if you go into a doctor's office, lot, like I think I'm pretty well read in a lot of things. I'm not the most well read, but I definitely think I'm I'm pretty well read enough where even if I do go into a doctor's office, they just boom 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 boom. They're firing it out at you, and you, there's no way you can understand all of that and then process it. Like right, like they're gonna tell you in doctor's terms, and then hopefully you get it in layman's terms, terms so you can understand what they're talking about, and then. Even when you do understand what they're talking about, they're still going to throw some some technical words in there, and it's not. I don't blame them for it. That's that's what they're trained to do. You need right, to go. Right. You need to go figure out what that stuff is. And I think that's crazy that people. I mean, you do. You have to record it. I record everything now, especially meetings right. and stuff like that. Well, there's a concern in um, the healthcare industry that you're, you're starting. To, um, there was a few articles on Medscape where people were talking. The medics were talking about people recording them mm-hmm. without them being aware. So I guess that's what we're chatting with. Yeah. About. But the um, the interesting part is that I've I've told people to do that for years because you know when you know a patient's going for a serious um, a consultation with an oncologist or uh, you know um, any type of other diagnosis that might be. Um, you know, more more severe um, or more complications with it. You know, it's it's, it's a tough it's a tougher di- diagnosis than a sprain mm-hmm. strain. You know, I I think a lot of people start to lose it because they can't think after the first the doctor says hello. And some doctors, yeah. some older patients, especially, um, they tend to be when a doctor comes in, they be, they get scared of the white coat. You know, they just sit there and it's yes doctor, yes doctor. They can't. It's really nerve wracking. And, and if, if you, you don't were, know the questions to ask, right? And if you were told you had cancer, you went in for something, and they told that. Do you hear anything else other than what they said? You know, you don't. Yeah. You can't hear um, anything. So, um, so it's. I think it's. I think it's good practice. I think it's going to be problematic for the uh, for the medical profession and um, you know all all healthcare mm-hmm. professions over, over time to see you know where it goes. Um, I yeah. know there's recording issues. You know whether uh, some states you only need one party needs to know mm-hmm. some other both parties are, have to be aware. I think it's good practice to ask. You know if that would be a yeah. problem. Um, I, don't, I don't have a problem with it. Some patients have done it in my office, but the mm-hmm. you know if you're secretly recorded, you know it's like it's you you feel it's a patient trust issue, you know. So yeah. that way, I would rather that the patient ask, like you know, would you mind if I did it? I, I feel like most if, doctors would just give you the okay. I think most doctors would, you know. I think I think they pr- appreciate the honesty, you mm-hmm. know, um, of what's going on because it's also that pa- it's the patient doctor, you know, relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you if somebody's recorded, I, I can understand the argument they were making on uh, Medscape. I've forgotten the doctor's name, but um, he was saying that for him it erodes that trust, you know, yes. because they're doing something that's, you know, that just was behind his back. But I but they that was on the negative end of um, you know what they were looking at. I was thinking more from the patient's point of view mm-hmm. that, you know, they come in, they drop that heavy diagnosis on. On you and they're telling you your treatment options and you're like you don't even know what to ask mm-hmm. you know because you're scared to death you, you, you're trying to process what they just told you and it sounds un- unreal so yeah. especially when you have older adults you know if they have hearing issues already you know um you know they're not going to ask a lot of questions um you know like your grandparents or yeah, you know yeah. um I know, absolutely. you know when they go in so it's if you know you want somebody to go with them i'd ra- always rather send somebody with you that's going to ask questions mm-hmm. you know to protect you, you yeah know, so you're not going there by yourself you know if it's happening to you you're freaking out Right, like right. it doesn't matter what it is. You could be, you could just have a common cold. You you go to that doctor's office. You're freaking out. You're like, hey doc, I need to get better. And unfortunately, there's no solution to just get better 99 percent of the time. But to have that person, you know, sit next to you and say, hey doc, you know, what can we do to get this better quicker? Right, what and are my with options? that common head, yeah. Right. Sometimes I think the doctors are trying to um, the doctors are trying to um, be succinct in their diagnosis and tell you what's happening, your prognosis, treatment options, and I think they're trying to de- deliver um, uh, the message to you in an effective way. But I, a lot of people, I think, shut down. So for the idea of that, 
um, patients are recording doctors, uh, you know, to listen to later. Or simply, um, I had one patient that had a bad leukemia diagnosis, and um, with, he actually had recorded what the doctor said his wife did. Mm-hmm. And we, she did it, well, they talked to me as well, but I thought it was good to do just to have it. They did ask permission. but mm-hmm. So when anybody called, instead of them having to rehash what the doctor said, they just say, listen to the, listen to the yeah. audio file. Yeah. You know, so, I, so in that sense... Um, you know, I think it'll make doctors a little more exact. They won't generalize as much, you know, because mm-hmm. um, they're worried probably about malpractice issues as well, you know, to make sure that they're that's categorizing. Right but just to make sure they're saying, you know, something that's based upon evidence, not mm-hmm. just opinion. So I think a lot of medicine, um, you know, in, in medicine, they talk about, um, you know, in, in chiropractic, I should say in getting to the diagnosis, they'll talk about there's a, um, when you examine the patient, the patient comes in with their own belief systems, their own mm-hmm. education levels, their own understanding of, of themselves. Then there's the doctor with their training and, and what they're doing and then there's um and their understanding and their clinical expertise mm-hmm. and then there's the actual um uh, di- you know um, information regarding you know the evidence base what the evidence says of the testing they're doing or what they're arriving at um and what happens is you blend all that together and it kind of clinically you come up with you know your diagnosis and, and your treatment plan for your patients and everybody's kind of on the same page and there's a little art to that it's not it's not black and white sometimes so sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of us when you have a recording they want to hold you to black and white statements when you know um, sometimes somebody's just trying to use an analogy on you to to hopefully yeah. gain understanding if they yeah. didn't think you were understanding what they were saying so um, there's there's uh, like I'm a chiropractor but there's uh, people who um, I'll, I'll bring in, I'll show their x-rays, right? So um, there's a couple of studies that said if you show people bad x-rays, they have bad outcomes, you know? So it might not even, there's, um, there was, uh, I could get to the, the, find the research for you, but the the they looked at a study where a patient had been shown um, bad outcomes. You know, so mm-hmm. it looks degenerative. And they, they actually didn't do well clinically. You know, so they were saying that maybe there's a correlation to what you're looking at, yeah. what's actually there versus what's what's on the films versus, um, you know, um, what their belief system is. So there's a, you know, we, we can get into that a little later too. But it's, it's very interesting how a patient perceives things as well. So, Absolutely. I mean, it goes back, I mean, that, that brings it to like the placebo effect. That's huge. Yeah, and and for anyone who and don't get me wrong, the placebo effect is definitely there's it's got a spot. Everything in the medical industry, everything in the world, I would say, has a positive and negative effect. No matter what it is, there's always a positive way of looking at everything in a and a negative way. Get a new car, great, awesome that to have a new car. Bills come with it. That's negative. Um, <laughs> so the pla- yeah, so the placebo effect is. I mean, I've seen studies and stuff like that where you know. It's crazy. The only way to really test the placebo effect is to do a double blind, double blind placebo effect, where you have that super controlled study that's being done, and nobody that's inside the study knows what's going on. And then that's the only way you could really disprove the placebo or prove that it's effective. Otherwise, if you just give somebody a sugar pill and say, "Hey, this is going to cure your headache," and they take it, meanwhile it's a sugar pill and they have no idea, and their headache's gone in fifteen minutes, you know for I mean, you know that that's it's the placebo effect working, right? I mean, placebo has a um, a strong influence on 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 patients. There's there's a, there was actually a very good um, CBS Sunday Morning piece on the placebo effect uh, within mm. the last quarter, and uh, they were look, talking to the researchers out of Harvard that were looking at giving people pain medicine that they but that was a placebo. So they mm-hmm. proved the placebo worked. But in that population, they actually continued giving the placebo when the patient knew that it was nothing but a placebo, but taking it made them feel better. Yes. Yep. I and mean, how is that a belief system in medicine? That's you know? the craziest you know? thing. And, and, and it's it's just amazing, you know, that somebody will have an effect and they know it. They already know this is a placebo drug that mm-hmm. they'll take. 
Um, so they're trying to figure it, it's a complex issue how people get well or people um, you know feel pain and experience pain. Everybody experiences pain differently. The biosocial um, social model of um, of um, the idea of how pain happens and how a person deals with mm-hmm. it. It's there's it's more than just I oh I hurt my my leg now. It's it's how your conditions how your brain feels about pain, you know? Yes. So, so everybody experiences pain a little bit differently. Yeah, you so, can almost train yourself too, to a lot of degrees. I think, to a lot of degrees. I think it starts when we start, you know, being trained as children, you know, do, you know, do pe- how do people react to pain? How were you treated when you had pain? So there's a lot of hard wiring that goes on inside of our heads mm. that, um, you know, it, it, it is part of our experience, but it's very hard. How, how would a physician know when the patient comes in, how they're wired? You know, it takes mm. time to figure this out. Absolutely. You know, um, but in today's society, you know, we know that, um, you know, not just the uh, placebo for pain is interesting um but it's also to take a look at you know people's real experience with pain we're we're, we're looking at there's a study um for oh, let's see it's on the evidence of effic- efficacy of pain um medication from the national safety council mm-hmm. so i have a reference link on the on this uh, the um, information i'm providing you but they were talking about look taking a look at like opioids for pain control you know we have a know we have a national epidemic you know um, Absolutely. and uh you know with uh, 60 plus people dying every day you know from uh, legally prescribed um, opioids and the interesting thing about these the, the study what they were referencing was that a lot of times it's the over-the-counter medication that actually has better effect for uh, uh, musculoskeletal type pains than those opioid medications so oh, really? even, even in severe that. pain because a lot of people felt you could take the over-the-counter stuff from mild pain or moderate pain mm-hmm. and the opioids for severe pain but the opioids are a wonderful class of drugs that were meant for breakthrough cancer pain nobody could argue that you know yeah. um, you know end stage disease pain and because there's, the, the, there's other effects of the drugs that, um, you know, help a patient feel calmer, helps with some of the anxieties. And there's a whole reason that your medical team would prescribe that, you know, those drugs. But when we've given them out to everybody for relatively routine pain or we just given out too many, um, we've let people have, um, you know, uh, multiple doses, multiple courses of these medications. And over time, I mean, these people become addictive. It's highly mm-hmm. addictive substances. And it's not, it's not really an easy argument anymore, be, be, but the, we know that our our whole society is mobilizing to um, we, um, to try to combat the problem. But an interesting thing with opioids, um, you know, I offer that you know chiropractic has a, a, a real place in the fight. Um, in the in the battle to get less people exposed to opioids and to help people with their chronic pain, um, there's definitely a um, you know we we're definitely players in the game to make a change. But the change has to happen in how we perceive things in society because maybe mm-hmm. sometimes we're asking the wrong questions. We spent we spent six hundred million dollars already on uh, reeducating the public about the opioid crisis, and um, that's crazy that it costs that much money to reeducate people. And, and, well, you know, and with the Narcam and the Narcam trainings, and it's no doubt that's saving lives. By the way, I, I fully love the training and um, for patients who are experienced and that their loved ones are having an addiction problem. Um, you know, whether it be from heroin or uh, legally prescribed drugs. You know, to know what's in the household, to know you can do something because they've seen the the horror of, of yeah. what this you know cascade goes to, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so it's it's it, they're they're wonderful things for the police to have, uh, for all our um, EMS personnel mm-hmm. should have them as well. Um, you know, because you do have a three hour window on, on on some patients if they've overdosed on heroin. Um, or, you know, or opioids, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, prescribed drugs, and it's it's there's some good training that happens. Your senators, it, it, they're all around the island, mm-hmm. so the senators do it. Um, you can go yeah, on. Yeah, I'm not kind of trained. 
wonderful. Absolutely. You know, and having a kid is nice. It's nice to have, but it's also changing maybe how people use um, as well. You know, maybe there's more, you know, thought to, to are we really are we really helping the addict? Or, you know, are we helping them, saving them at that moment? But the as soon as they come out of it, you know they're going to be seeking drugs again. So it, it has Absolutely. to. I was just going to say, it's. I mean, it's a double-edged sword. you got the good and the bad. You save them for that moment, but are you solving the issue? Right. It, it requires more than that. And I think our society, we're going to have to really look at it honestly, you know. So a 30-day residential treatment center, you know, it's not going to help somebody with that problem. I I've think. seen people go away for six months, and they come back, and, like, they, 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 they get back. It's like vacation. They go to a place. It's like vacation. They come back. They hang out with all their friends that they used to hang out with who right. do drugs. Right. And then they're back, they're, they're back into it, like, the week they're home. It's a, it's it's sad because it's every, it's your support group. If you don't have a solid support group around you, I feel bad for the. Imagine you know being part of a family where the family's um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, there are multiple addicts in the family. You don't have oh, a chance. That's got to be brutal. I mean, you think about smoking. I mean, how hard it is it you know to quit smoking? You know, but it's a it's been a very, really big struggle for people. You know, um, as far as having that uh, nicotine addiction. Uh, you know, we know our corporations have exploited that over the years. That was mm-hmm. all the problem with the lawsuits and making you know, making the cigarettes more addictive. Um, but Trying to help help someone to quit smoking is tough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that it's the um, it's the changes that they it's the process that they go through to try to break an addiction. Mm-hmm. And um, but if it, let's say a person stops smoking, they come out and but then they go to a bar where a lot of people are smoking. Mm-hmm. You know, or the best thing about it is not letting people smoke in bars. That's helped, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they walk outside and the people that they're used to talking to, they go hang out because they went to get a cigarette. They're hanging out with these people. They're around it. So if you're around it, it makes it easier to pick up. An alcoholic probably doesn't do well hanging out in the bar. You know, yeah. and unfortunately, what if you're, you know, have a drug problem, you know, and, and you hurt yourself and you go into our medical system, mm-hmm. you know, the NIH, um, the head of the NIH had said that the, uh, uh corner drug dealer was replaced, uh, by the doctor, yes. by a physician yep. as drug dealer of choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You Cause know? they got all the good stuff now. And, um, you know, people, people are going 70, uh, what, 60 to 70% of all, um, heroin people that, um, overdose on heroin had started with a prescription drug. You know, it's yeah. it's the the conversation really has to change. I mean, the people that we put back in charge of it were the same industry that to to fix the problem. Yeah. Has, uh, the people of the same industry that created the problem. Yeah, lobbying's huge <clears throat> too with that. I mean, the more you throw enough money in there, you're going to get what you want. And and I deal with this. I deal with this. Reg- I shouldn't say I deal with this regularly, but there's always that conversation of you know, oh, you know the the tech company. You know, they could do this or they could do this or it's some kind of you know either software company or hardware company or you know. Apple recording, and for anyone who doesn't think that Apple's recording what you're saying, start pick something you've never talked about before and start talking about it right. all the time. Right. For Do it for 24 hours. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you do not see an ad on, on Facebook, on YouTube that doesn't come up with that or, or something of that nature or, or some social media website that you're using, you either are not talking loud enough. Your phone's not in proximity of it. You're not talking about it enough mm-hmm. because my phone's in front of me all day long. I'll talk about something and shit. It comes up an hour later. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, It's definitely listening. And then for anyone that doesn't think it, your phone is saving something, and this sounds terrible, but if you go to photos, I didn't know this, you can search inside photos and you could, and you could, you could type something. So you could search some, something. So my buddy sent me one and he said, you know, search uh, uh, Brazier. Mm-hmm. Brazier, right? That's boobs, and uh, and I was like, no way. And photos that I've saved, a lot of them are like memes and stuff like that that I've sent out to friends. But it it'll come up with all of them, and it, you could do this with 
almost anything that the iPhone can figure out what it is. You know, if you search water, photos of water come up. And I'm like, that's the craziest thing. It's getting very, it's, uh, it's scary. Yeah, AI, it knows AIs. what you're taking a photo of. Right. Like that was, some, a lot of mine were wrong too. But the fact that it's almost there mm-hmm. is crazy. And then people are like, well, how, do, you know, I don't want the government to know about this. I'm like, you're, you're fucking worried about the government? Right. How about getting sold something you weren't looking to buy? Oh, exactly. You know? yeah. Yeah. How about they just steal money from you? Oh, that's okay. Like, and I'm not even saying the government steal money from right, you. Right, right. You, you have even the slightest bit of an, an addiction, and, and I'm sure my phone probably thinks I have an addiction because I'm literally on Amazon all day and other shopping websites, mainly for work. And it's actually funny. I try to go shop for things that I want to buy, and I have no desire to buy them because I'm like, do I really need it? Do I really need another thing that I'm going to just use once um but those they come up all the time mm-hmm. it knows that i'm on amazon i get a ad on amazon ad for amazon on facebook if i'm on facebook for an hour at least half the ads i get it for amazon it's amazing how they follow you i mean it was interesting i mean obviously they're trying to sell product they're, they're mm-hmm. trying to move it to pay their bills to to, to make you to help you buy something mm-hmm. so it's all designed to make life easier for us but in some cases maybe maybe not you know, it's, no. a, it's a big question to see how this works. You know, but, but and then people, oh, you know, they can't listen to it, or they they don't know, they don't know enough about me. I'm like, oh, they do. They know right. more about you than you probably know about you at this point. I mean, if if we're looking at you know changing that, it'd be interesting because if we used it for good, this same type of thing. If a person's in there talking um, to um, other people about their back pain, for instance, musculoskeletal mm-hmm. pain is one. I'm getting back to what I was. Yeah, saying. yeah, no, Mus- musculoskeletal mu- mu- musculoskeletal pain has. Um, Many of the addictions start with that. Most of the visits to your primary MD happen for musculoskeletal pain. Uh, one of the most common reasons, I should say, mm-hmm. is musculoskeletal. The most common reasons to visit a chiropractor, of course, are spinal-related pain. So, mm-hmm. you know, your low back pain, your, your you know mid-back pain, your neck pain. Um, you know, headache is another mm-hmm. one that comes in. You know, for, for that's our main ones, and then headache. Um, do people go to the chiropractor for headaches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, uh, it's, not the, it's not the primary, but a lot of headaches are cervical genic in nature, meaning they're coming from the neck, mm-hmm. they emanate from that tightness. And a lot of people that work on a computer all day will feel it. You start feeling the neck back. Yeah, neck, it's like, po- proper posture is the most important It makes important a big difference. Thing. If you're not ergonomically set up in your, in your work um, uh, area, the um, stress and strain on your body is going to become big. Mm-hmm. If you're sitting in a desk all day and you're never getting up, we're going to have health-related problems mm-hmm. associated with sitting um, for too long. And uh, we know that's one another. It's a public health problem. That's mm-hmm. uh, that you know you'll see more and more. Sitting you're probably with your wild underneath on your ba- in your well, back pocket. That's that's what we always Huge. used to say as, as chiropractors. You know, it was like if you were sitting, they come in with back pain or or um, having sciatic pain, and we just try to change some habits. We try to change their consciousness towards what they're doing on a daily basis that might be aggravating it. So so if we um, if they're sitting on a wedge, you know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't sit on it. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know, if you want to find yourself to see how aggravated you can get, put put something in your shoe and walk around with it. All oh my day. god! Just put your pelvis. Well, off I got level. three steps. And I'm ready to kill somebody. Yeah, and that's and that's what happens. So, um, so you know, just trying, you know, just trying to change people's mindsets a little bit. You know how it starts, you know, starts happening. Mm-hmm. Um, just with things like you said, like you know that 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 wallet in the pocket. You know, the, how many women carry pocketbooks on the same side every day? You'll see the, your girlfriends and stuff. They're, I they can't even around. believe that they wear pocketbooks. Somebody tortured. I don't know how uh, women got conned into carrying all my. I mean, my wife. I joke around. I said she carries <laughs> all my stuff. You know, so <laughs> so she needs that big pocketbook. You know, but what happens is they they walk around. You go shopping. I mean, you don't want anything as a male. I mean, I just like to have whatever's. Oh in my, my god, pocket. I, I'm like a heat seeking missile for a couch. I don't even like carrying a you know carrying the bag of stuff you yeah. bought. I don't you even know? like going. <laughs> yeah, I went. Going. I went. I went. I was hanging out with somebody the other day, and uh, a good friend of mine. We we went to the mall, mm-hmm. and. She's like, oh, you know, when was the last time you went to the mall? I'm like, mm. 
a year ago. Yeah, right. It, like yeah. It, maybe. Like I don't. I don't even think I've been to the mall this year. Right. And and I can't remember being there last year at, at any point. And they're like, "What?" See, I'd rather go to the mall with nobody in it. You know, if I have to go, only if I have oh to yeah. Go. And it's got to be surgical strike. We walk in, figure out what we want. <laughs> I used to work in. And believe it or not, it's funny you said. I used to work in the mall, and it wasn't that bad because you're getting in mm-hmm. when nobody's there, and you're or you're leaving when nobody's there. Right. It's not that bad, but. I have no desire to be there mm-hmm. the whole time. Oh, I could imagine, you know, because it, it, everybody it wears on you. Yeah, saying the same thing every day. And I'm neurotic. Yeah. I'm checking everything. Like to bring it all the way back, all the way back. I'm checking everything on my phone. So if somebody's telling me something or I'm looking at something, I'm searching on my phone. If a doctor's talking to me and I'm like, I'm like, whoa, doc, you got to slow down. Like I need to look this stuff up so that way, because I'll call. I, I shouldn't say I'll call them out because I, I'm, they're obviously telling me the right stuff. But I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. Right. Like, give me one second. I have to. Because you can't explain it to me because it's not going to be at the level that I need it to be to absorb it. Right. Let me search it real quick or, you know, come back in five minutes. Let me search it real quick. I'm searching it and then I'm like, hey, what about this, 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 and this? Or what are your thoughts on this? And then and then I ask questions mm-hmm. because it, it's it's madness. You need this stupid little device. I think it's amazing how um, your generation, you know, will go to that phone constantly and, mm-hmm. and actually check facts while somebody's talking. Oh, yeah. You I know? fact check people all the time on the spot. So, and, and I don't mind it. I think it's, I, I think it's actually pretty cool. It's good for promoting discussion. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, sometimes it's funny when I've been in arguments where, you know, that becomes a, um, you know, part of um, the, the process where somebody looks up something like, no, no way you're wrong. And I'm like, based upon what? What's your, what's your source? I mean, yeah. is that a real source, you know? And yeah. so sometimes it's questionable where you're getting information. So, but at least it gives you the rebuttal. Right. Well, Even if it's right. invalid, at least it says, well, what about this? Right. Somebody on the internet has said something and obviously done enough writing on it to appear on the first page of Google. Right. So they might be wrong. Right. Or they've been sponsored heavily. And they yeah, or they're sponsored heavily or, or they're <laughs> search engine optimized, right. optimized or whatever. But at least it gives you a, hey, you know, this is what you're talking about. Let me rebuttal it. And then you can hound me with facts. Right. And, and by all means, you're probably right, but at least I have that chance to throw the ball back in your court, where, as opposed to you beating me down the first time. No, I, I think I think these, um, you know, the phones and all the devices you guys are using. I think it's been the great equalizer in a lot of uh, conversations, mm-hmm. and I think it's I think it's good for promotion of discussion. But it's a problem when you know, some of the big the big boys controlling things uh, limit the discussion yes. based upon what their algorithms are, or what the echo tra- chamber, or what they're effect. trying to sell. Right. You know, so. For anyone who doesn't know what the echo chamber effect is, you you know. You, I have, I have what eight, almost two thousand friends on Facebook. Right. I don't see two thousand people's worth of stuff on my my newsfeed. It'd be impossible. Right. And I know maybe you know maybe there's only five hundred active people or even a hundred active people on my Facebook. I don't even see a hundred people's shit on here. Mm-hmm. I see if mm-hmm. I'm lucky, I see like twenty five of my friends. Right. And if you and and this is what you really have to take a step back. You really only see the stuff that you're either engaged with, mm-hmm. talking about, or the people that you talk to. Or deal with mostly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a friend out of the blue is very unlikely going to come show up on your newsfeed unless you have a mutual friend who happens to be in your kind of circle. Right. And then, so all you're getting is the same shit that you're used to. Like, if you're only used to talking about, you know, hunting. Right. That's all you're going to deal with. That's all you're going to see all the time is hunting. Right. Right. If you all you deal with is comedy, it's all it's going to show up. Right. If all you deal with is cooking, it's all it's going to show you're up. Just talking to politics and yep. doing all the other the hate stuff. You yep. know, people can go back and forth it's, and yeah, that's what they stay that's, on. You just, and then it's that constant like right. it's like a drug. The I mean, uh, it is a drug. I've, I've said I've said this a couple times on the show, but 
there was a great uh, I'm sure you're familiar with memes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a great meme of it was like Netflix. It said Netflix, and then it was um, it was a loading bar, but it wasn't a loading bar. It was a line of cocaine. Oh wow! And the dude is just snorting the line of cocaine, and not so not condoning cocaine usage, but it's literally like Netflix was the symbolization of a drug, right. and the person just can't get enough of it. Right. And I'm like. That is so true. Like, there's mm-hmm. people that are like, oh, you know, I didn't do anything on Saturday. I woke up, I started watching Netflix, and I went to bed at 4 o'clock in the morning on That's Sunday. That's insane. I'm like, I know. Did, did, did you not even see the sunrise? Right. Like, well, like right. how do you stay stag- stagnant for that long? I don't even right. like sleeping at this point. Right. I, I can sleep for five and a half hours, and I'm ready to hang myself. Right, right. It, it's it's complete madness that people can can sit there and do nothing. All for, day. For, for, all day. Right. All, and the craziest part is... That's what I love about this. I get to talk to you. I get to talk to other people and stuff like that that are engaged or at least listening to other podcasts right. with doctors. I'm learning. I'm hearing other people's chiropractic opinions or other people's medical opinions, whatever it may be, whereas people will just sit there and watch TV or right. movies for hours. Right. It's just numbing themselves. You know, so whatever whatever the – it's interesting. I mean, I, you know, I, somebody, a lot of my patients say, well, I, you know, I power watched, you know, through whole series of, uh, you know, seasons worth of uh, mm. episodes of whatever show. Well, they're just they crushing. They just – they, all the uh, the nice terms. I think my age, I, I just, you know, we, we watch the news typically. You know? oh, so we get a little bit of that, news. you know, the, watching commercials yeah. still. So I haven't progressed. Um, my, my kids laugh at me all the time with this, you know. But, then, you know, the Netflix, even my, uh, my sister-in-law has even figured out how to use that and have her playlist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I've seen her TV just, you know, I, I, we find her on a couch and then, mm-hmm. you know, we come, we go out, do a bunch of things, come back. She's still watching, you know, watching Hasn't shows. moved. You know, my, my wife's addicted. It's, it, everybody's got their different entertainment. And mm-hmm. so no matter what you're watching on, on um, TV, I've t- a lot of patients have had problems with this where, you know, that, that does become a, pro- a health problem, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, not, it's, it's like even at work. I mean, you're talking about people that are just sitting all the time. We're meant to move. You know, Constantly. And, and so we and so a lot of people that do have sedentary jobs, the people who are out there going to work out, um, who take a break during lunch and go take a walk. You know, if you took everybody in, um, you know, in in this facility, and um, you know, forced them to go take a walk, they'd probably be happier. They'd probably be more productive. Go take a break. Mm-hmm. Go actually walk around. It's breathe proven. Some fresh air. It's it is. proven. If you get even a little bit of exercise a day, mm-hmm. like the guy just before the guy's like, "Why are you wearing shorts? It's like thirty degrees outside." I go. Do you not realize we sit in a warmed office all day? I walk like 80 feet a day. Obviously, I walk around mm-hmm. the office and do mm-hmm. other activities. But as far as my outdoor walking is concerned, mm-hmm. I go from my house to my car, which is right. probably 20 feet, right. from my car to the office, which is another 20 feet, and the whole way back. Well, there's a lot of people who would wear like, you know, mountain hiking shoes, you know, to do the same hike you just did. And, I know. And, and layer up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, what, I'm outside for... for not even a three minutes. You right. can't tolerate three minutes. Right. A lot of people can't. But it's 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 very interesting how we're wired. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what products we bought into. What do we do? What what do we buy into as um, as um, you know our entertainment as as what we value. You know, so everybody's got different values, different things that they like to do. I mean, when you see pictures of those, you know, um, the different memes with somebody hanging off a cliff, yeah. you know, where their legs are dangling and uh-huh. just their hands are on there. It's, I mean, that's insane mm-hmm. to me that it's incredible that they can do it. Oh, yeah, um, big know, time. And, and just that you one would, hand. That just that you would have that passion and that faith in yourself to actually to actually be able to, to go out there and do that. Or or the people who jump off a cliff in a, in a wingsuit. You know, somebody's that's con- cool. Somebody's convinced you to do that, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, that's just a, that's a 
dare. Somebody's been out too much. But it's um, and and I always feel bad when you see you know because you know if you you're on the internet you always see the you know the sad effects of after somebody jumping off that or cave diving. Uh, you know, high risk sports. You know, people are going to yeah. hurt themselves, and 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 the risk is but tremendous. You know going into that. Right. So you don't feel as bad, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, I'd hate the wingsuit guy to hit me as I'm walking yeah. with my family. You know? I, had, I had a similar conversation <laughs> like this and it was like, uh, you know, somebody was like, I, only, I like to be safe all the time. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Because I'm, I'm like, let's go do something crazy. Let's go do right. something fun. Let's go do something out of the ordinary. I don't care what we do. Right. And uh, they're like, no, I like to be safe all the time. I go, do you drive? And they're like, yeah. I go, you know, it's not safe, right? And they're like, no, what are you talking about? I'm like, do you understand that you were in a car that's doing... Somewhere between 50 and I'd say up to 100 miles an hour on Long Island because mm-hmm. there's definitely some faster drivers out mm-hmm. there. Um, that you don't have any control over the a chance that a nail blows out a tire or a, a large rock comes and smashes in your windshield or somebody doesn't see you and demolishes your car with their car because you're doing 55 in the left lane and somebody's doing 100 thinking that they could swerve in between cars and they drill you. Right. Like, that's the most dangerous thing you put yourself in front of every day. Like, right, right. The, the idea of, um, you know, being totally protected is a myth. Um, most, a lot of people, um, as they age, they'll fall in their own homes. You know, a lot of the mm-hmm. times they'll you know, fall, they'll hit something, maybe in their bathroom, or hit mm-hmm. a piece of porcelain, hit the ground. Um, Bathrooms and, have a lot of hard yeah, edges, and, too. And, and just, yeah, hard edges. I mean, <laughs> you know, could go into, you could, you could hit other things that aren't quite as hard, but you're just, you're tripping over things, you're falling, people get dizzy. So stuff happens that other things cause uh, falls, but mm-hmm. a lot of people get hurt around their own homes. Um, you know, even, even tra- you know, tragically, unfortunately, yeah. you know, people falling off a roof, uh, you know, where they haven't secured a ladder. A lot of time, human, human error is the problem yeah. you know that you didn't clean up the surface where you're walking on or, mm-hmm. you, or you had tattered rugs with uh you know edges sticking up so there's a lot of things you can do to try to prevent injury but the people who it, it's um sometimes i think we've been advertised that too that way like friends of yours that you know want to be totally safe they're you know also if you talk to them you know what is their perception towards taking medicines and mm-hmm. what is their perception towards health care you know do they think they're finding health in a pill or does the health reside inside of them do you, can you do things to prevent injury if I'm climbing up a you know a rock, you know rock face, mm-hmm. and um, you know I, I mean I'm hoping I'm taking the precautions to do the sport safely, and so that if something does happen, maybe I don't you know fall to my yeah. you know my death. Fall, but, yeah, fall to your but death. But again, if I'm you know if you're fearful of that, you wouldn't engage in the in the in the process. You know, yeah. if you're fearful of tripping over something in the night, you clear your floor so you don't. Mm-hmm. If it's too dark in your room, you put a little light on so that you know motion so, something that can make make yeah. a change. And if you're scared about your health, with uh, you know change your diet. You know, if you're if we're all gaining too much weight or we're all drinking too much drink less if we drink you know try moderate everybody's always heard the adage of moderation right everything yeah, in moderation but sometimes we get out of control life life takes us in different places yeah and um there's different health challenges that have, have happened but but even then it's it's the perception that a person comes in with like what who, who's who's influenced them what are they reading who, what have they been told as they grew up if you've been fearful of the dreaded disease coming down to get you your whole life could web be you know, it could scare ruin you. ruin your brain. <laughs> and you can spend a lot of time on that. And that's another thing, going back to the internet. What, what's your source you're looking at? So if you're looking up something, a lot of times, um, you know, I know you're very savvy on the internet, and, you know, but when you're, when you're searching chiropractic, uh, a lot of times these, there's a few um, uh, websites that pop up all the time. And a lot of the anti-information comes from the same group of people mm-hmm. because they're well-funded. It pops up on first, second, third searches, you know, every time somebody's looking up uh, chiropractic, yeah. enough to put a doubt in there. I mean, could you imagine if you clicked on low back, like you wanted to get a, um, a laser spine 
surgery because mm-hmm. you've heard that advertised. Yeah, a lot, of course. That's some some nonsense. But oh, is min- it really? Well, it's it's minimally invasive surgery. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who do it. We have very fine surgeons on the island. Mm-hmm. You know that I refer I was to. Say, it's pretty popular on Long Island. We do, but the idea of the of um, the Laser Spine Institute is it's really great advertising. You don't hear them advertise a single doctor. You know, no, it, it, it's, and, the, it's the company itself. Yeah, and look at how they take payment. There's a big little disclaimer on the bottom how they they're going to get paid. You know, they take bonds, they take stocks. You know, they'll, what? Yeah, this is they're not they're in it to make their money. You know, and it doesn't mean they're not doing they're doing a fine job. It, mm-hmm. But it, it's it, you you hopefully to get in the correct surgery and correct diagnosis, operating yeah. at the right level. So we can chat about that later. But the um, there's a lot of great surgeons on the island. Like a lot of people think they have to trek into the city for some of these spinal surgeons, but we got some of the best ones sitting right out at um, you know Mather Hospital. Mm-hmm. I, I operate out of Stony Brook. I out of St. Catharines, out of on the South Shore. We there, there's literally well-trained people all over the island. Yeah, that we're can, blessed that can to be in New York. We are, but could you imagine if 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 the you looked up um, a back surgery because let's say you need it, you you know you're looking for your back surgeon and you're looking up something, and the first thing that comes up is um, minimally invasive surgery um, has poor outcomes. You know, um, or you know, uh, exercise would you, you know if if something It'd else was pop- if something else was popping up better, saying high risk of addiction. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're taking these opioids, you know, look at what your life can become. You know, if you take this first, don't do this. But who has that money and power to to do those things? I mean, what drives yeah. the ads? I mean, you other know more- than the big companies that'll just put, you know, test uh, you know their own own made test out or whatever or it is. Pharmaceuticals, having, yeah, having a writer, having their own writers write articles and put it out on their blogs right. or whatever it may be. And there's a lot of backdoor money on that. That I mean, you'll see chiropractors. Um, there's a there's a Dr. J.C. Smith um, for Chiropractors for Fair Journalism. Mm-hmm. He's written two texts, two books on uh, called The Medical War on Chiropractic, Part 1 and Part 2. Okay. Um, just for, for your listeners, there's uh, been uh, over 3,000 chiropractors have been uh, arrested for practicing medicine at a license. Um, over the, you know during the early part of the century, the um, first state I think in the union to be licensed uh, for chiropractors to be officially licensed as a DC doctor of chiropractic, um, it was Kansas, and um, okay. and then from there the last one was in 1973 in Louisiana. So um, since then, you know things have you know, but that we t- we had to battle state by state by state to get our licensure to be able to say that we're you know practicing chiropractic. It's not practicing medicine; it's practicing a different system mm-hmm. um, of of health and um, in healing, which gives, a, medicine. which gives which gives p- patients uh, people an option. Mm-hmm. And alternative medicine is interesting because I heard somebody argue once with me, one of my internet guys. Uh, he, <laughs> he argues alternative means disproven, you know, and I'm like. It's That's interesting, not true at all. right? But he's, it's an alternative thinking. I said, "What about thinking? What about a different system?" And it was interesting to listen to his, you know, how he was thinking about the process. Um, he was, you know, there's um, there was complementary and alternative medicine, which is CAM. So they they always use the initials to say chiropractic, acupuncture, massage, mm-hmm. and try to link everybody in. But the chiropractor is the third largest um, physician class, um, you know, uh, profession uh, that is taking care of patients. We have direct access to patients where you can come right off the street to see me without referral. Mm-hmm. So we have a unique advantage because we're looking at the chiropractors looking at the uh, patient as a whole, and it, you know most of our patients, like I said earlier, come in for musculoskeletal pain, musculoskeletal, um, you know, primarily low back, upper back, you know, neck, and you know, headache on um, those those um, um, conditions. But people come in for other conditions as well. Uh, we'll have um, pregnant women who will come in. And they just have they have musculoskeletal pains related to how the baby's moving, how the, mm-hmm. how, how things are changing during their pregnancy. We have children that come in, um, some kids with. Asthma come in. There's um, 
um, people that have uh, I've had experience with um, a lot of you know, several patients because uh, once you had one patient with a condition, if somebody did well, they tell other ones in these mm-hmm. same support groups. But we had some patients that were coming in with um, pulmonary issues, you know, following um, you know because they were having severe asthmatic or they had severe emphysema. Oh, you know, really? So so we could by you know now you think about it, you know, as these people as they they actually go through body changes because their thoracic spine starts to change a little bit, mm-hmm. so they can't physically breathe as well. So if we yeah. can actually mobilize the area get the body working a little bit you know better having yeah. um, having more mobility yeah, in the spine the posture is probably your posture is huge you know huge. so as and so as if we can do that we can help them take in more air which probably you know yeah. uh, make that made it more comfortable i have i had a lot of nice letters from people that had been helped um but the you know it's always an opportunity for you know there's always people who come in for different reasons to a chiropractor but most of the time they come in for those the main reasons I said um, there's chiropractic practices that practice the you'll see wellness type practices you know mm-hmm. the more the holistic end of things yeah where, Dr. Uh, Dr. Greg Barron right so so people will go into the chiropractor and you know they'll come in they you know they're like well why are you here they're like well I'm getting adjusted you know so yeah. so that that's a that's a fun practice you know it's a good practice yeah. you know and yeah, he loves and, it and and when you talk to a chiropractor that's enthusiastic about being a more of that wellness, more of the holistic model, it it doesn't invalidate. It, it's it's their practice is great. It's great for people that want to be healthier, want to stay healthier, uh, want to look at they look at life differently. You mm-hmm. know, so when they're sick, when a chiropractor is sick, a lot of the chiropractors will the first person they consult with, they just they go get adjusted. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, you know they they of course take their you know wellness uh, their their preventative visits or their supportive visits or their mm-hmm. wellness visits. But uh, mo- uh, many of our practices are uh, um, you know there's a term in our, our profession called profession called evidence based evidence informed practice. So mm-hmm. you know of course you or the patient would want to go to the um you know the clinics that are doing the um the the techniques and the procedures and the things that are most based upon what the research is saying. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking at it, 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 that goes across the whole born in chiropractic. I mean, chiropractors, um, whether they're wellness or not, some guys are more focused, their practices are more focused on your condition that you came in mm. with. So if we can get you to the point that you came in with your, let's say it's back pain, no radiation into your leg, you came in, you picked up your garbage can and something tweaked, you couldn't get rid of it, you've stretched for a week, it's still hurting, you went and consulted your chiropractor, um, the chiropractor is going to examine you, you know, take a look at you, do your health history, find out what's going on with you. And um, they take a look at is there, is there any other complications to healing? They start to, uh, to you know is there any other anything in your health history that might prevent you from from um, from um, healing quickly? So they look at they they do that. They go for a review of systems. They they talk about the current um, you know your current condition. They ask a lot of questions about it, like does it hurt when you move you know left right when you mm-hmm. bend forward bend backwards? Yeah. You're basically trying to understand what this is doing to them, so mm-hmm. that you can have some measures that you can see. Okay, first of all, what is wrong to help you establish a diagnosis? Yeah, you were here and now you're in, and now we can we see if you're getting better. Be because I mean, Absolutely. obviously, if you come, if you know, if I'm going to somebody and I can't raise my arm above my head, I don't care about what you want to tell me. I I just want to be able to raise my hand yeah. above my head. So, um, so what, what happens is the um, um, so. The, the patients will do that by filling out histories, filling out forms. We do things called outcome assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see that across the board in chiropractic. So all chiropractors, you know, will take care of these, uh, you know, acute injuries that come in in much the same way because, you know, we're gonna, we've are gonna we been trained that way. So you're going to do this, uh, you know, intake forms. You're going to do the assessments. You're going to measure things. And they're called outcome assessments. I don't know if you've ever been, um, you know, where you fill one out where it's like a back index or a Westry it's called or a neck pain disability index where you fill out – you know, 10 questions that just ask you where your pain is. And it tries, mm-hmm. these have been 
research validated to try to determine where you are right now as um, uh, you know, how's this condition affecting your, your health and mm-hmm. your musculoskeletal condition. So then what happens is once treatment begins, we can repeat that in a, in a uh, 30-day or you know, tw- you know, even two-week uh, interval just to see if you've had actually some, some measurable improvement of pain. Mm-hmm. The easy one that most people know is um, the Oops, doctor will, that's all right. If the, uh, the doctor, if the doctor asks you, you know, where's your pain from zero to ten, mm-hmm. you know, or from one to ten, they'll show you. Maybe they'll show you a diagram and you circle a little thing. All of those are measures to try to tell, help a patient to see where their pain is, and then help them to get to a point where there is no more, or yep. to document the process. And also, it documents helps us to document efficacy of of, of care and mm-hmm. efficiency of care to see you know see how we're doing. So, um, but. So again, most you know. Uh, so what the chiropractor does at that point is, after you do the health history, then you're going to do your physical. So if you go into the doctor, what they expect, you know, if you, if you haven't seen a chiropractor, you'll go in, you get your height, weight, blood pressure taken. They'll take a look at you know standard stuff of uh, physical medicine. They're going to take, take they're going to uh, exam. They're going to take a look at the surface that you're complaining about. So if you're mm-hmm. complaining about your low back, I mean, I'm, shouldn't I look at the skin of the low back? So we can look at the skin. We're going to make sure that looks okay. We're going to mm-hmm. palpate the skin to see what we feel if there's anything that's abnormal. And um, the doctor will you know feel. Uh, the spinal segment, see if there's any inflammation around, see if anything's you know tender to touch. You know, it's just trying to get information regarding mm-hmm. what's going on. Absolutely, all stuff that norm- that's normally done anyway. It is, and then we'll do tests like orthopedic tests where we and it's actually anything to stress the joint out. So if it, you know, if it hurts when you you know bend forward, I mean, usually the doctors are going to do some kind of test to reproduce it to see yep. if you're bending forward and do we have any radicular pain, anything radiating into your fingers, anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, anything relieving. If we can lean to the side and we take the pressure off, it, it gives us some clues of what's going on. Before all the advanced testing, um, you know, that developed, uh, my favorite is of course MRI. Like whose isn't? I mean, it's the most. Uh, you know, the Dr. Domanian had discovered it, mm-hmm. um, and um, he didn't get the Nobel Prize. There's a lot of politics in that. That might be a great one if you ever can get the. Uh, you know, there's, a, there's a really a lot of contention there. But Dr. Domanian mm-hmm. uh, really should have gotten it because he was the first one to produce an image um, with using uh, magnetic resonance to actually get a signal, and then from there. You know, he's not a local guy, huh? Oh no, he actually—he's actually was in Downstate Medical Center, um, and he's actually practicing in Melville. It, um, their their facilities from the guy who discovered MRI is uh, Stand Up uh, MRI, and Stand Up MRI in uh, Melville. And again, it's Dr. Demaney. He's still around. He actually's. Um, he produced quite a stir when he um, when he uh, said that you could use these magnet coils to actually produce images from the inside of the body. So you can imagine to, to today that seems like okay, it's just common, um, but it's a it's a wonderful tool. But what happens is the the exam will uh, tell us what what we need, whether it can mm-hmm. whether it's in, uh, what other imaging modalities, if we if any, do we need? And a, and a lot of times. Um, what happens is uh, people have to follow guidelines. And there's yeah. guidelines that have been established. Um, in 1979, um, there was a New Zealand study which showed that in you know back pain and, um, well, it had a few things it showed, but, but it actually was putting chiropractic into the algorithm of, of, of treatment. You know, and there's was, there was different guidelines that have been published since then. And even up uh, this year, there was three different, um, you know, guidelines that were, uh, well, uh, people's guidelines that included chiropractic musculoskeletal care um, and adjustment, specifically the uh, chiropractic manipulation, into the algorithm for pain management, of course, because of the opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. So people are talking about it. But every guideline since 1989, um, international and national, has shown 
that chiropractic is effective as a musculoskeletal, um, part of the musculoskeletal care package. I've been telling patients for years, I said, it's, it's that you want a chiropractor as part of your healthcare team. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not it, and I always tell patients, I don't want, I, I don't mind being your first chiropractor. I'd love you to stay with me and be with me for a long time. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to be your last one. I want you to make sure that you're using chiropractic as part of your healthcare regime. Yeah, um, regularly, no matter where you go. Wherever you go. And then your chiropractor can help you find another one. You know, I have, um, you know, they can, you know, be, they can be a resource to you. A lot of it, mm-hmm. everybody knows them personally. So it's, um, cause we, we tend to, we don't just examine you and go away. We examine you we treat you so we're, mm. we're seeing you we get to know you and you, know yeah, you, and you go back a lot it's not like it's not it's not unlike physical medicine uh, like pt mm-hmm. but you do you're right so you're gonna go back regularly and and but there's some research that has actually said hey you, you should go back this many times in this many weeks or this many months but oh, really but everybody but it's a guideline everybody's different mm-hmm. you may be different because maybe you never rest maybe you decided you know that you were supposed to change positions daily but you know your job you can't you can't take breaks like we talk about. You can't. There's no place to stretch during the day. So, mm-hmm. and you keep working instead of resting. Um, everybody's jobs are different. I, um, some people have jobs that will pay them when they're off their regular salary. You know, so they're happy to stay home and rehab. You know, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's a it's an advantage of those of those jobs. Mm-hmm. Other people, you know, um, independent business owners. If nobody shows up to their dry cleaner, who's hanging the stuff up? Who's doing yeah. it? You know, so those people don't have a choice. I find I find most of my independent guys they'll drag a leg to go work. Yeah, you know? and yep. but I don't know if that's necessarily the best way either. I'd much rather see you somebody you know take the time to heal and and uh, and, and rehab. But getting back to that exam, once we do that exam, we'll order any imaging that's necessary according to there's there's guidelines again. Like when should you do an, um, mm-hmm. you know a test? Now um, a lot of people have had the experience. They go to the, uh, their orthopedist, and it might be the first time they're visiting the orthopedist. Maybe they saw their doc that week and got an appointment quickly, um, and you get it. I won't just say an orthopedist, but you get an MRI very quickly. But the guidelines have stated there's certain protocols, or certain things you have to look for to, uh, to meet to justify that MRI, not just simply pain. Yeah, you know, in an, an X-ray, an X-ray is a wonder. I think, and again, X-ray is a wonderful tool. Um, you know, discovered the same year as chiropractic was, which was in uh, 1895, and um, the chiropractic college actually Palmer College was the first um, college in the U.S. to bring in um, an X-ray into its facilities. So. Hmm. There was a tremendous amount of, um, of um, ex- you know, chiropractors always focused on the joint, the biomechanical mm-hmm. um, individual segments of the spine. And, of course, there was a lot of research in radiology and measurements. And there's these – and today we're going back – not going back, but we're, we're utilizing more um, taking measurements in radiology. Yeah. Know? So something called ligament laxity. Somebody's in an inj- you know, injured in a car accident, you can imagine that we have one five hundredth of a second we have an injury. And so there's ligaments that are torn. So you may get excessive motion between one segment or another mm-hmm. in a joint. So when we take an X-ray, whether we doing uh, whether the computer does it or somebody does it manually, um, you can actually take measurements as to translation of the the joint. So you could see if there's the joint's moving too much. Yeah. So see if there's instability there to tell us if our care is appropriate or not. So there's um, you know so it's interesting um, you know how how we you know how things progress. But what happens is once you put all it together, your, your doctor will say, okay, this is you know this is the care plan we think you should do. So most chiropractors at that point are going to do some sort of manipulation, whether it's by hand or with a machine, um, an instrument. Um, they may do some other physical modalities. They may do some mobilization, which is mm-hmm. a little different from an adjustment. They'll take you through a range of motion up to the end point. Um, maybe they, there's a reason maybe they don't want to hold off an adjustment at a specific level. Um, so there's different reasons to, to, to do what they do. But the bottom line is the chiropractor is going to make a, uh, an adjustment to a joint or fixated segment that's not moving well anymore. Once you do that, then the energy that the body's made of you know, tries to heal itself. Yeah. You know, we don't have to think of how to digest your food you had, you know, that we, yeah, we ate for God. lunch. Right. It's definitely. Uh, I, I would forget. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's at, at least my experience with chiropractors, and it's been extremely positive. I have nothing bad to say. Oh, um, good, good. You know, and 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 like you you said a couple times, you know, they all, you you build that you build that bond and stuff like that. Where when you do have traditional medicine, um, you you're going to see these doctors, even your regular physician. What do you see them twice a year? Right. Like you don't see them that much. You don't have their cell phone number. You're not texting them. Right. Like you don't have you don't have those abilities. And then if you're healthy, who is going? Go yeah. The only the only doctor I really see, at least other than my chiropractor, multiple times a year that I go by choice is my dentist. Right. Because I, obviously everybody wants to have clean teeth. But if I'm not sick, right, I'm obviously doing something right. But you think about how you were educated. I mean, at this point, you know, most of your listeners probably are going twice a year to get cleanings right mm-hmm. at the dentist. But you know, when I was coming up, it was once a year. Mm-hmm. And, but before that, they could barely sell people on doing that. And mm-hmm. you can't even imagine that your teeth would be clean. You yeah. know? And we can't imagine that there's no orth- or- orthodontics. You know. But there were times it, 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 it's actually moved. You know, people have moved. The population is um, has learned things and learned how to better take care of themselves. And we've also been sold that 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 um, that process, which I think is a good one. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm I, I'm an advocate of making sure your teeth are clean. I always check patients' records. I always ask them who the dentist is, because mm-hmm. if oh, I have a pa- if I have a patient that honestly hasn't been in the dentist in two or three years, you know, well, we're going to get them to a dentist. I'll refer them to somebody local. Um, but we also it's also gives me a clinical clue as to how they take care of themselves. Yes, big you know, time. Or, and you know, and, and it's also and what they're doing to take care of themselves. It's also with the GPs. I, you know, um, the GP in medicine. If you're taking medicine, that's your quarterback. That's 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 the guy who is. Um, I always think of you. Well, maybe the coach, but um, you're you know you're assembling your healthcare team, right? Mm-hmm. So on that team, these guys are taking care of you. So if somebody's given drugs, that's the person that's supposed to protect you from the specialist. You know, and mm-hmm. I'll say protect you only because they're supposed to review everything that another specialist because some people have multiple health problems we're not just talking musculoskeletal but yeah, maybe they're it's having, always a slow the endocrinologist they're having, you know, yeah there's a there's a variety you would hope that all these people actually have you know we always think they have the meeting you know because of the medical shows but we they watch. don't you know there's no there's no time you know and and but you would hope that that person is a fail safe to make sure that um that you know your drugs you're taking are interacting you mm-hmm. know and i always encourage my patients i'm saying you know it, it you should have your physicals you know so um, but and I think it's a prudent thing to periodically have our you know our blood checked and and to do a routine physical. I think from the economics point of view, they're changing it because maybe we don't need one every few you know, you know yeah. one, once a year. Don't I think get me as wrong, you, you still should. As you age, I think it becomes more important uh, sometimes to pick up things. A lot of things is just bad. You know, it was happening in your body. They picked it up because you were mm-hmm. there. You know, so sometimes they always talked about that's preventative. It's really not. It's just early early diagnosis, which mm-hmm. I think is helpful. You know, so I think some of the testing that people do and going forward, I think some of it's very, you know, obviously been very necessary. And a lot of it su- is supported by the literature to suggest that these are good ways to take care of your health. You know, but it's always, you know, how can we do it, you know, more? Um, I saw, again, I, I like a good relationship with the uh, patient's, um, you know, primaries. Mm-hmm. Some are very open to what a person does. Others think that, you know, they, they, they're not, they don't understand that in- integrative model yet where we're actually trying to work together. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but some physicians get it. Some of them refer regularly to chiros. You, you know, you'll go in, they understand what the algorithms are saying. And, hey, listen, let's start with the chiro. I mean, I don't, I don't think I mentioned it yet, but if you start, there was a Washington State workers' comp. Uh, study mm. that yes, was done, and, and um, it was a. If you started with a chiropractor for spinal related pain, you had a one point five percent chance of surgery. And if you started your um, care with a orthopedic surgeon, you had a forty two point seven percent chance of surgery. 
So, you know, it's huge just where you start. And these all patients were qualified with the same diagnosis, same MRI results, same, mm-hmm. you know, so, so all, this, all the metrics. And it was done out of a medical school. You know, it was two medical colleges involved in one of the chiropractic universities. And there were Ph.D. researchers, you know, that did this. Yeah, so, that's crazy. And then um, United Healthcare um, had um, Optum Health, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they did a um, – they looked at 200 and uh, – 24 million episodes of back pain or something like that. Mm-hmm. What they discovered if you started – if you – Put chiropractic care into the algorithm for spinal-related pain. Within the first two weeks, the whole system spent less money. Yeah, it was the cheapest for everybody, um, and patients were very satisfied with care as well. You know, coming to going to chiropractic generally, they like seeing us, uh, so they they rate us pretty well. That's the greatest. I tell everybody I know, Mike. If you want to be a doctor and you don't want to piss people off, go be a chiropractor. It's the greatest thing in the world. Everybody's always happy. Every, everybody, everybody has their different gifts. You know, um, I as I have in the links I'm giving you. I have um, a couple for the CCE, which is mm-hmm. the um, yeah, so uh, Council on Chiropractic Education, and um, there's 16 schools in the U.S. And um, you know, yeah, we there's them last time. yeah, we did, we yep. did. It was fun. And um, but there's um, one of my favorite courses. Um, I went to Life University down in Marietta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, Life is is definitely a unique uh, college unique place very a lot of energy um uh, i love the program but i love the rugby there particularly yes you know? yeah so, you're a huge rugby person yeah i was not you know in the sense that i really love the team i loved seeing what it did from a chiropractic perspective you have a small a school disaster <laughs> you had a small school and you're like you know that you know you're like where do these rugby players come from but the school was known for that you know so um so just imagine uh, you know you just just the the, the um, development of the team they were national champions a few times and you know the um, rugby sevens by the way i was i think i was telling you that last time is is in philadelphia yes it'll be in june um you know definitely get on the collegiate uh, rugby crc um uh, crc rugby championships and it's a sevens a lot of fun very fast even the girls like it because uh mm-hmm. it's fast so those it's seven minutes you know seven minute of play then they then they take a break for seven and then seven more minutes full out everything's out Jeez. and uh you playing with seven it's just it's just there's a, no pads in rugby right no pads um you know some incredible hitting some just some incredible play so if you know rugby i mean like the 15 is a great life's life's 15 the full squad were national champions i believe last year uh their men's team was um so dominant in their division um the graduate men um that uh, the a lot of the teams that were in their tri-state area went down a division, so they didn't have to play them. So um, you know, just they're just they're great. We have great rugby up in New York too. So if guys want to see some good rugby, um, Nyack and New York Athletic Club, mm-hmm. which I think is Columbia's um, uh, group. And I'm sorry, there's Columbia's Old Blue, and then there's Nyack. Um, and just just to go see some of the ruggers there, some of the some of the intensity that goes on. Stony Brook has a very good rugby team too. I played there. I loved it. Oh, know, I did not know that either. It was uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a, it's con- not considered the uh, NCAA sports. It doesn't fall in there, but it's it's club and it's fun. The people mm-hmm. are fun. It's it's just a, it's it's a it's a good in, um, it's it's good entertainment to watch. And you won't know what's going on at first, but it's a lot of you know yeah. bring your friends down, go see that. But they they play. Um, I think it's a, they're still playing in the fall. They'll do a an alumni game that might have happened already, you know. But yeah. the um, the team there, the team there did pretty well this year, from what I understand. It's uh, it's funny you say that, you know, it, you know they're not they're not NCAA or whatever it is, and you know you, I'll go out, I'll go out and hang out at a bar on a Sunday. You mm-hmm. know, it's Sunday football. All my friends are out of the bar. You know, I'll go out and have a beer, or whatever. And you know, people are like, oh, he should have had that. And I'm like, do you have any idea how hard they train? Like, as if he could. If he's not going to get, he ain't going to get it. No, it's amazing. It's amazing how great these athletes are conditioned. And I love, I love watching college sports. Like, it, like that's. I don't watch it enough because it's not always out there, and it's not like you know what everybody wants to watch on Sunday. But it's like 
these are the people, you know, this is where you actually have, like, really good and maybe not the best mm-hmm. all together. Mm-hmm. Because not everybody who goes to college for, for, for sports is getting into, you know, the, the national leagues right. in the country. So I feel like it's just – it's such a more real sport where you're not playing – you know, you're not having the Jets or the Giants or, or the Patriots. And you're having right. those – Top tier humans right. in in the world right. that are playing, and then at least I, I I think it's just more enjoyable because like you know there's more chance more <laughs> yeah like, like oh how did he how could he miss how could they how could they only how could they rush how could they have 400 yards and they only have one touchdown it's like right listen up you if you think you can go out and do better you go play for the team you'll see how quick <laughs> you get rocked on the field it's amazing to see the difference in level and play you know whether, yes. whatever 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 you're into i mean whether it's um you know watching your kids in um band when they're little you know and then mm-hmm. watching you know i don't know if you were involved in that stuff but to listen absolutely it was to, an orchestra oh, okay to listen how orchestra started and then you know where you were initially that you how could the parents even listen to this oh my god right i'm <laughs> like i don't know why anybody would show up I, even when i was on the oldest sibling for you for the love of the kids that's why we go you know Holy and, and we watch crap. and then as a parent uh, as a coach whatever you're watching for improvements in that person mm-hmm. but you know you had those outstanding people those outstanding um you know people who out practiced everybody else yes. or or just had that natural ability to do so gifted gifted and then to see them and then you see you know where do they go you know and mm-hmm. i mean to the path for people to become professional musicians or professional athletes just to see that 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 small group that that First of all, practice that much, plus mm-hmm. have that natural gift, that natural ability. It's, it is incredible. And have coaches along the way, teachers, coaches, mm-hmm. um, people that support you to help you develop that. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we're supposed to be working for. You know? and then, What's and, crazy is the people that are gifted or have mm-hmm. that drive. And I was one of them, believe it or not, back in the day when I used to play uh, an orchestra. I played the violin. Oh, wow. And I used to be – and I, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I've had other people confirm it. But like back in like <laughs> middle school and very early in high school – I was amazing at playing the violin. And then, like, social pressures get in the way. Right. Like, oh, you're a dude playing orchestra. Right. And now that I look back on it, I'm like, I'm an idiot. I probably should have kept kept doing it. So it was great. Right, because there's certain things that your parents probably were encouraging you to keep playing. You know, you, some of your people that were around you, but sometimes the other influences get to mm-hmm. us. You know, whether um, Boy Scouts, how many people drop out of Boy Scouts yep. later on when they, you know, these guys were working towards Eagles and, you know, making, yep. doing something special, and some will drop out prematurely. Same thing in, uh, you know, in, well, I mean, some Are things. Are you an Eagle Scout, by the way? My, my son is. Okay, uh, you know? cool. So I, um, I was one that had bad influence. Yeah, me you too. Know? You know, so I dropped out. I was in the program a long time, and then, uh, you know, but it, I, I think it's a wonderful program. It's for, tough. For, for boys, you know, it's a great program, um, but it's yeah, it's a it's a process, you know, it's work and, and it's it's appropriate for the age, you know, you, it's a yes. significant achievement for that age, um, you know. But, so but if you line up the <laughs> if you line up the male population, and now it's yeah. you can't even call it the male population anymore because apparently anybody can get in Boy Scouts with the new rules, right? But right. rules have changed. You line up that you line up the the competition, and it's still hard. It's pretty steep when you see the um, you know the the people who've been Eagle Scouts from presidents to mm-hmm. you know cha- you know uh, you know corporation you know um, you know heads to to some of our military our vets that are out mm-hmm. there and um, you know the, when when you my daughter said when she was at, my daughter was at Cornell mm-hmm. um, when, engineering when she was there every other person in there was an eagle scout oh i believe it was like amazing how many kids were actually eagle scouts as well as valedictorian Mm -hmm. salutatory but it's um you know it's it's a it's an i think it's a good program i think it's a good thing for for you know i mean i know he's way off topic on it but but there's no topic (laughs) roll man but i think i i was very you know that i think it's a good program i think um you know it's it's been fun my son's eagle project was incredible to watch him he had different deliveries showing up he's you know 17 years old his different deliveries coming in he's signing things for orders he put in and Mm -hmm. 
has different crews working on things now, you know, and, and I mean, he did it himself, you know, it was a, um, a, a lot of effort. Um, they have, they have changed the rules in the Eagle Scout. I know the Eagle, uh, mm-hmm. the Boy Scouts, they did change the rules and they fought legal pressures and they've had some other considerations. Tough. I think, it, I think, uh, you know, I, it's beyond me at this point. I just, yeah. but I still, I mean, the, the core program has always been a great program for, for boys. You know, I Absolutely. think it's important that I, I still, I still advocate that we should, you know, men should be able to do things together. Yes, and, absolutely. Um, you know, for different experiences because we're all wired a little differently. And and it, it doesn't mean that, you know, I mean, the, uh, if it, I think the women that will be part of scouting, you know, I think they've always been part of scouting, you know. To so some degree, yeah. yeah. So, um, but anyway, different different story. You know? No, so, it's, it's... So so hopefully during those processes you find things that, you know, we, we like. But getting... I was thinking about the sports going back. I was at, <laughs> I was at the Stony Brook game on uh, Saturday, okay. know, which was, um, you know, and they unfortunately had a, one of their tight ends, a senior, was knocked unconscious on the field. Football or rugby? Uh, football. Okay. I don't know yeah. the positions in oh, rugby. Yeah, sorry, That's why yeah, I had to ask. Um, yeah, so football, yeah, he was... Um, it was a cheap shot. The guy was eventually ejected from the game anyway. But, I mean, it, was, it was nice. To, I mean, all the players, it was scary. I mean, it was... The game was stopped for a long time, you know, ambulance you know everything you know the car came on the crash car everybody's on the field and this guy's just he was knocked unconscious he's done well so good good story on that and but he um but just to see that as a parent you know you've seen that athletes in senior year you know most of them i mean where do they go some have pro aspirations i'm sure that's that unique few you know who's going to get chosen you know at that point those if anybody real right if anybody right said two i think right that have gone to pros um, Hofstra killed me that they let you know because I'm a Saints fan, mm-hmm. so you know. So. Oh, they don't have a football program anymore. Yeah, they get yeah. rid of it. I was like, that's hey, that's know. a mind blower. I know. I couldn't um, believe it. You know, and for for their medical college. Yeah, maybe. you say, uh, <laughs> like you say, you know, the kid had had a um, had a concussion and, mm-hmm. and he's he's doing okay now. The big thing that I, that everybody I feel like is talking about is you know the the brain damage that these football players are receiving. Well, well I mean, you, f- you think about it. I mean, I, I, yes, it's tragic, you know, what's going on, and especially people that have been damaged that, you know, their, their lives fall apart because of it, you know, where, where they I have, met Mike Tyson. The dude, and... Imagine getting hit by Mike Tyson. Oh, my dead. God. I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather just commit suicide so, than have him just kill but, me. But, but again, have, have you had car accidents, you know? And when, mm-hmm. you, have, when you have an acceleration and deceleration injury, that, yeah. that, that tap in the back, but your head goes through a 12G acceleration potential. Oh, yeah. You know, your, yeah. Brain, your brain, you know, yeah. vibrates in that I mean, head. if that's one car accident, is it good? No. It, it depends on the severity. It depends on the luck. But you got these... 250, 300, right. some, I can only imagine some of them being closer to 400 pounds. Yeah. Six foot something dudes built like brick shit houses. Right. Pile driving each other. Right. Right. Head first. Right. I, I don't, I, I think it, it's a challenge, you know, because they, I mean, obviously the NFL played games with its uh, original experts that they had mm-hmm. hired, you know, so there were some games being played as to, 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 minimize the the risk injury but mm. the interesting part is um to me is i, I always thought about it. i said well each one of those players too by the way may have been in a car you know a car mm-hmm. accident or a motorcycle accident or something else or maybe hit their head while they're working at home and just mm-hmm. lifted their head up and got a concussion or slipped in the bathroom and got so other other things could also add to the numbers of concussions not just their nfl experience oh absolutely you know so i don't you know so i do i do feel there's a little gray area in there but you know the injury to the brain is not gray i mean it's it's, it's there oh there's and, yeah and, and, proof and, and all and and um it's amazing how many of the you know guys are donating their brains to be studied when they're when they pass um which is even scarier with which with, with what they're finding the amount of brain damage that they've it, it, absolutely and i mean there's a lot of great organizations out there trying to make a difference and people mm-hmm. in sciences is, is um is, is looking at things but the um 
I always think about how many, you know, for each NFL player that's there, you know, for their concussions, how many, each one at meeting, you know, that small group. Yeah. You, know, you think about it, you got the best one that's in high school. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, and then you have all the high schools in the district, you know, and out of all those guys in the state, maybe one go to the pros, right? You know, it's, every, it's crazy. It's, but out of, out of all those people, you know, how many other concussions were caused, you know, during oh, that time absolutely. period? And how many people played, you know, maybe their, their limit was high school. Maybe you just didn't grow anybody. You can't mm-hmm. teach size, right? No. So um, they can't teach, uh, you can yeah, teach better skills. I will never be in, in the, uh, not the NFL, in um, uh the NBA, no, not a chance. I'm no. not. I can barely touch the ceiling in the house if I was to jump <laughs> up. You know, so um, so there's yeah, and it's it's amazing. You know that that's incredible. That's that sport. You know, built upon its size. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, but it's also dominance of athleticism. You know, so yes. not only gonna be, it's amazing the best of the best. You know, so there's a lot of things that go into it. But when you think about how many other people have been injured, you know, in, in youth sports, you know, along the way, you know, even kids getting to college, how many kids are injured in college ball every year? You oh, know, it's, from from para, from it, people that are you know cord injuries, spinal cord injuries yep. to just you know of course all the orthopedic injuries. It's all, absurd. I was at a Stony Brook's uh, lecture and um, the orthopedist he he showed a picture of it and he said it was an annuity all the childhood sports for the amount of operations people are going to need on mm-hmm. knees and backs and hips later on in life because um, the amount of wear and tear, stress and inju- of injury yep. to these areas because they degenerate over time because of, you know, taking in- injury to the structure. Mm-hmm. So if the ligaments are a little off or the, you know, bone's taking that shot, maybe it just doesn't Absolutely. move quite well. The disc has been loaded up too many times. So, so um, you know, I thought it was interesting, you know, but at the same time, who's going to pay for this in the future? You know, the cost of a surgery is not, it's not an inexpensive thing. And, uh, you know, I mean, some of the surgeries are absolutely necessary. I don't think we need 100%. as many as we do. So we all know that. And we have some of the best surgeons in the world. Fantastic, um, yeah, fantastic process. But upon. how, how, I mean, with the amount of people that need to be involved in the surgeries that support and help and all the supplies and Absurd. the buildings that you have, how much is the cost? You know, it's, it's, it's enormous. It's incredible. So with that, with the number of people being injured, you know, you have to, you know, it's like we got to be thinking about that as a society, how we're paying for this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's a mantra. And also, does everybody need the surgery? So if we can avoid any un, um, unneeded surgeries, whether it be in, um, you know, spine-related, whether it be to uh, low back injuries, uh, shoulders, knees, hips, um, you know, I think we have to do it. I don't, I don't think we have a choice. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to pay for this things. I mean, Medicare, Medicare alone, I, I don't know how we'll pay for the stuff that's been, you know, just the sheer amount of surgeries going on. Yeah. But if you think about that study I told you about with the 1.5% of people needing surgery, I mean, still there's a need for surgery, but if we can reduce, imagine reducing that number, you know, maybe we have to Oh, that'd talk. be tremendous. Right. So somebody's income is going to change during that time period, but you know, yeah. so, but it's, it's, you know, it's it's what's better for the individual. You know, and so um, so again, uh, it takes a team. I mean, when you start thinking about those those, you know, giving back to the athletes. You know, uh, I know at Stony Brook they have a fantastic program. I'm, obviously, I'm a graduate of Stony Brook. Love, you know, I definitely love the alumni there. Absolutely. Uh, the um, you know, but the the athletes that they take care of, they they're all geared towards taking care of these uh, NCAA athletes. They have um, they have all the rules they have to follow. Of course, they have all the uh, the medical personnel that's going to support mm-hmm. these. The trainers, the the PTs, the chiros that are part of the staff. It's a lot of money too. Um, the orthopedist. Yeah, it, it's a, it's definitely. I, I think um, actually I was talking to athletic director. He was saying that there's only maybe under 20 schools in the country that are actually making money from their sports programs, you know, because it's so costly to run these things, you know. So, mm-hmm. who, you know, so we all think there's all this money. Yeah, it's the gigantic schools out and, in the middle of the country that right, fill and, up a stadium. Right, so maybe, so maybe they're making the money, you know. But 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 the the other thing was that a lot of their other sports that people do intramural stuff, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that people are still, high school athletes are still engaging in, maybe even rugby if it's if it's club in their school. Um, the, um, the, the, these people are, uh, they have to go get their own care. They don't have access to that. 
That's so, the craziest part. So you got the university, but the rugby team doesn't have doesn't have the support of the uh, medical staff. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't go in and get taped before a game. Yep. You got some of the guys that are taking the biggest hits all day. And um, you know, I just think they should have access to it. I was pitching that over the uh, over the weekend at the uh, alumni. Uh, you know, Absolutely, function. but but again, it's it's just because of the way it's classified. I just think they should rethink it because a, a more contact sport, if it's being if it's on Stony Brook's campus, then they really should treat it as um, a it's a contact sport, you mm-hmm. know, and and manage it that way, you know. Um, so, uh, but that's that's their politics. But the. Um, the the thing about it was that each injury. I mean, how many kids have been injured? You know, along you know where you run. You know, you're playing as a kid. Um, how many people along the way have been injured that still have those problems that the pros have? But nobody's going to ever talk about helping them. Yeah. Maybe their lives are ruined because of CTE. And we've seen we've seen that uh, um, the NFL's already talked about it, right? They've had other issues too with their you know the um, the kneeling that's going on. Um, some cool. social constructs need to be talked about, but the fact is their brand is affected. But also, number of people wanting to play football, letting their kids play football, is decreasing. I was just about to say that the the number not only is the number the number of kids going down, but we've also gotten to a point when I think in society now, and I and I just thought of this where we're constantly and everybody's always been pushing the limit, but just recently all the medical upgrades and the invention of the internet and being able to just access all this information, we're now pushing that bar so much further than it's ever been pushed before, like. Back in the day, yeah, you guys probably had a, maybe some pre-workouts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you go home, eat a big steak, try to get that protein. Now it's so it's so measured about, you know, hey, you're going to have your macros here and you're going to have your micronutrients and you're going to have all this and it's right. going to make you perform X amount of percent better and, you know, now you have all of this technology. You know, let's let's videotape you tackling somebody down and let's critique it you know could right. your shoulder have been lower you know right. where is their center of mass how are you going to hit them right so now not only is it yes our medical stuff has gotten better but these these athletes and and all well, of all different kinds right. are getting so much better well because a bit if the better the better you know of course we wanted to push the human performance and as a, the people who take care of um you know our our highest level athletes um, while I've had some opportunity with some of the athletes, it's there's people who specialize in, in pushing them to that level. Mm-hmm. And when we when we move these guys to the strongest, the fastest, they're already the biggest, mm-hmm. and they have that sporting thing. Think about the impact that they make at that point, just the amount of force. Uh, exactly, that's you what know? I'm saying. I You're... mean, helmet design in the future, they say might help to take away some stress, which I'm sure the physics could probably help. But you can't you can't fixate the brain inside the fluid yeah. in the head. You yep. know, it's going to bounce around. And I think I think part of that maybe we'll see in the future. You know, it's got to be. I, I, I'm thinking that it's got to be part of a uh, genetic uh, variation in how we uh, how our bodies handle the stress put on when we have a concussion mm-hmm. you know so maybe one person um, you know responds with producing different kind of proteins from the injury a little, you know uh, maybe maybe there's a little difference in their their process than another person so maybe it's over i don't know maybe i'm just thinking that one person has more of a uh, maybe they're more subject to no absolutely you know, um, to, to the injury and i maybe they'll find out in the future so it'd be wonderful if they could decide that hey you should never play football you know um but any 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 sport with a helmet is going to lead to collisions um and it has to and and, it, lead, there. and it leads to concussions yep. so anytime you put a helmet on you're going to get hit harder because of myth that you're going to protect yourself um so i think i think some of the ones that are probably worse are like you know you know the ones you're not aware of so the person's not equally trying to play you know it's like a, a, one that you didn't see coming you know back at you 
know, you know, cheaper shot type thing. Um, you know, when you're not looking, that's why we're trying to protect those um, those running backs. That makes sense. But the um, you know, I mean, receivers. You know, we want them to at least be facing the person when they tackle, no heads to heads. You know, just f- to take away some of that force. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're not going to hurt you know the person. Remember yeah. when they first change it, we were getting a lot more um, you know uh, lower extremity Absolutely. injuries. Or if you're not paying attention, or the defenders getting, getting or the defenders getting hurt because they're changing yep. the way they play. I mean, the game is a violent game. I mean, I love it. It's a <laughs> But I love it. I love but. it. Just understand. I'm not trying to, you know, but I, but again, it's got, it's got its issues and they should just face it with the truth, you know, and just, you know, talk to people, but they have good people around and the idea is your training is getting pushed. But then what do we do when we push, you think about, um, you know, people in the community, uh, maybe some of your listeners that are, you know, the uh, workout enthusiasts that are going to the uh, mm-hmm. gym and doing those same trainings that our pros are doing, mm-hmm. you know, doing offset training that are doing, um, you know, asymmetric pushups, asymmetric loads. They're doing, um, you know, a lot of stuff with the kettlebells and, you know, doing some yep. of the higher you know the the uh, you know the, the type of workouts that are really pushing the limits yeah, of what the they high do, intensity. and whatever whatever the whatever the brand that they're following is, and it's fine. I think it's fantastic to watch a person go through a transformation, uh-huh. you know. But it always it's frustrating when somebody you know they'll use that technique on somebody who's been sitting behind a desk for twenty years, you know. Like, yeah. Let's have them walk first for a few weeks, you know. Let's, yeah. let's You know, maybe maybe we start with a walk. Maybe we start with a dietary change. Yeah. You know, maybe we start with so just take things a little slower. But I, I but again, some of the training techniques uh, they're filtering down so the average population's getting them and you know they've got a lot of fit people running around you know um i always joked around so i love kettlebells because i got a lot of patients from uh you know mishandling those so you know so i was always, <laughs> always happy when they were doing some of the you know the the, the different uh, command you know the, the military type training you know oh, so boy. but um I know it's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun, but we, you know, um, you know, just I mean, I've enjoyed this talking about all this, uh, you know, information. No, absolutely. You know, so it's, uh, but I was thinking about, you know, like with um, with chiropractic, with safety. You were talking about um, car crashes a mm-hmm. while back, and I was reading there was um, no one wakes up like thinking they're going to go and get to a car crash that day. Nobody, right? yeah. But they say every day. This is from the National um, Safety. Um, who's this by? This is by the. Um, National Safety Council, I think. Uh, no, um, every day, about a hundred people die in car crashes, and more than a thousand uh, suffer life-changing injuries. Out of all the whiplash, all those small, you know, seems like a very, you know, you know, some people think whiplash is nothing. You know, ah, it's nothing. I just got a little pain. You know, um, a lot of times that you you've been subject to, like I said, twelve g acceleration. You couldn't. So it means the change in velocity. Oops, sorry. It means the change in velocity that your head goes through. Um, it's so fast you can't perceive it. It's one five hundredth of a second that these the impact hits your body at. Yeah, and so that you could be bag explodes and stops you immediately. Right. So you're hitting back, and that's if you and have you're a, hitting forward. Right. Well, the bag itself was causing injuries, you know, for a while until they figured mm-hmm. that out. But that even comes out faster than that, right? Because it's got to protect you from hitting the from steering hitting wheel. The steering wheel. It's got you know, no and, time to deploy. And it has to, by the way, make sure you're wearing a seatbelt at all times. The the seatbelt is the reason why the airbag can work. Airbag by itself is very ineffective. It's the airbag with the seatbelt on. Mm-hmm. You know, our biggest thing is offset collisions. If you're looking at the fatalities, you know, if somebody's like um, bumper front of, uh, front side bumper to you know just the edge, mm-hmm. you know not the middle, you know but just where they hit edge to edge because mm-hmm. your acceleration then pushes you into that the, the pillar where you know where your glass your front glass meets the mm-hmm. the piece of metal. Yes. you go in that angle and there's there's uh, high speed video footage I have of um, you know where the occupant which are the test dummies of course they miss the airbag they slide right off the side of the airbag that's how fast they're moving because it's just the angle that they hit at. So, um, so a lot of times car accidents are really luck, you know, but when you think about it, it's like, if the, it's the number one car, motor vehicle crash is the number one cause of death for children and young adults from five to 24 years of age. 
you know, which is startling, right? It's the number two cause of death for adults 25 and older. And uh, toddlers, it's the number one cause of, um, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it, um, it's also the number two cause of death for toddlers as well. Um, the seats aren't protective always. Sometimes they're not latched in. There's mm-hmm. always an issue about seats. Parents, you know, you've, if you ever try to put one in today with all those extra buckles, I mean, it's difficult. Oh, it's some parents or some, you know, you, you put it in somebody else's car for you. Oh, we'll put it in. You know, um, some of them don't strap it down as tight as they can. So mm-hmm. you're not using the protective mechanism the best it could. You know, if you guys are sitting in your seats, um, if you're in your car today and you're, you know, you, you're, you're in your, uh, uh, your car and your headrest, you know, we always call it the headrest, but it's the head restraint. If that headrest is not, you know, it should be at the back of your head, maybe about an inch, no more than an inch, half inch from your head. Mm-hmm. You want it kind of close and you want it up towards the top. You know, I'll have people, you know, all my new patients, I'll go out to their cars with them and just see. There's a lot of guys that drive for some reason. They just have one hand on top of the steering wheel and lean back. That's you know, right. I don't right. lean back. I lean, yeah. I'm pretty, pretty vertical. But they just lean, you know, kind of leaning back, and there's a big gap between the seats. So you're going to accelerate to hit that. Yeah. You know, that's 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 what you that's want so to get. That's so uncomfortable. I and, don't know how people and, do and that. And your, and your seat back, we had, because of all the safety features that we made, because in, in early days, the seats would break. You would accelerate through that and hit the back occupant, right? Mm. So that's how fast these things yeah, took place. So because they, they went, everybody went back. I would back. have never even thought you can go all the way back to hit somebody. No, seats would break. It was, it was a lot of failure. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of experimentation over over the years. Um, uh, they used to have a, um, a seat belt that... Um, was it two parts instead of the one part? You know, so if that one part would uh, automatically come across a person, they had people that were decapitated by those. Uh. You know, yeah, because you know, because they wouldn't put on the lap belt. You know, they have to mm. work in tandem. You know, so. Um, so the idea is, is people that, are lucky that we don't have five point harnesses on cars. At yeah, this point. Yeah, well, I probably that you know some of that is 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 pretty safe because it's actually trying to you know slow the different vectors of acceleration down in a crash. Mm-hmm. It's also the way they build the safety cages. You know, because you can go to a racetrack and if, if I don't know if you ever go, but um, in the middle they'll have the bad examples where somebody got really hurt. You know, the, oh, you really? know, the cage is not built right. You know, there's certain you know the, that industry is knows how to protect its people too. I mean, I think driving at that excessive rate of speed is pretty crazy. Even though some people on the LIE try to do do that on a daily <laughs> basis like the one you were talking about but um but again most of those kind of injuries you know the safety council will recommend um, like there's a lot of great information on um you know everything from road rage to safe uh, safe driving with you know tr- of course travel at a safe speed you don't try to accelerate mm-hmm. somebody passes you don't flip them off and start a fight you know half of the road it's not ra- worth it no half of those road rage in- incidents statistically you know that end in death are going to happen in your own yard they're going to chase you home you know, so it's mm, not worth did it. Not know that. Just let them go. Just say yeah. thanks. You know, Amen. God bless. You know that kind of yep. thing to them. You know, whatever you got to say, just to calm yourself down, back off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, it's because, like you said, there's a lot of distractions. I mean, what's that text worth while you're driving? You know, to die or to kill someone? Yeah. You know, and and unfortunately, a lot of people do it. I've been in cars with very educated people that know better and do it for a living and i've seen them drive and text yeah you know and so, like, it's almost become like commonplace but it's a, I mean, a five people. point a five point um fine on your license you know it's a it's good it has serious consequences and mm-hmm. you know um you know that's that's where we try to say okay how can we do preventable things you know let's let's take care of things we can prevent well apple's you know? new update i'm sure is probably saving lives and, and i normally don't give uh, credit to companies like that over uh, saving lives, but you know they have that new thing where it'll automatically respond back. Hey, driving, te- right. text you as soon unless this is an urgent message. Right, please type urgent, and then it'll go through. I'm like, wow, that's really smart that they've. Right. I don't know if it it probably works. It probably stops you too if you're a passenger in a car, right? Which drives me nuts, right? But. The fact that, you know, hey, oh, this person's not getting back to me. He's probably driving. Oh, if right. he's driving, 
he probably has hands free. Let me just right. let me just call him then. Right. And you're not sitting there texting. And and I usually don't care if people text and drive. Believe it or not, it sounds terrible. But as long as they're like good at it, as bad as, as, yeah, bad but, as that sounds. But what happens is, you know, on on that, it's the it's the research is is pretty clear. And I think the the police the police the, the Suffolk County Police. I'm part of the Suffolk County Citizens Corps Council, but um, and we have the volunteers and police. That's part of the group. It's the emergency FEMA mm-hmm. planning people. Um, I kind of volunteer a bit, but the the um, one of the studies that they were talking about was that they had people just you know getting distracted and driving in driving little you know bicycles you know and just showing you how you know collisions happen amateurs you know and yeah right <laughs> but and people think we're, we're good at it and we and, and like what's the emergency we're talking about you know if it was so it, you know the reality is pull over it takes you two seconds you're not gonna hurt anybody if you mm-hmm. don't even care about that we got to start caring about other people you know and we should be thinking that way um, I've been I've been guilty of it as well yeah you Talk know any to text. That's the one thing I don't understand is, you know. I mean, you know, I hate Siri sometimes. will give you the wrong, you know, she types the wrong message. It frustrates you. <laughs> but that's, I mean, she's not ruining it that bad. No, people she's can not figure saying it out. like. People can figure it out. It's not like, hey, I'm coming home. <laughs> like, you just say, hey, Siri, I'm coming home for dinner. Right. Uh, it's not going to say, hey, the dog is trying to have sex with a cat. Like, right. it's not going to no. be that far off. No, no. At no. least, if honey, you, I love you doesn't translate to hate you. you yeah, know? yeah, you're golden. Unless <laughs> yeah. your friend messes up that word and you're autocorrect, then you're golden. <laughs> but it was big things are like slowing down a little bit. You know, of course, don't use the phone when you're driving. Good choices. Buckle up. Make sure you're watching out for little kids. You know, in the neighborhood, those things are those things. Um, you know, are helpful. When the kids are in, in the seats behind you, they'll see how you're acting too. So, you know, yeah. um, so when the little ones are watching you, that's what they're learning. They're learning oh. exactly from you. That's you know? the one thing that I'm not okay with. Like, if you're texting and driving, you're by yourself. You're one of the only ones on the road. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But like, you got kids in the car. I saw a lady the other day. She was she had a cigarette in her left hand, a cell phone in her right hand, driving with her knee, with two kids in the back seat. I'm like, holy shit! If right. I was a right. cop, right. you would be in jail right. for and, child endangerment. But then you look at it, the, the, the software development. Uh, that's that's proactive. I think that's something that's that's very helpful. Yes, definitely. You know? I mean, so uh, and again, and there'd be people that could tell you the rationale for why it would be a bad thing. You know, because maybe somebody wants to use it while somebody's chasing. It. I mean, they, they always have the example of the, of the bad one, but the the idea that. We haven't stopped doing it, and people are dying because of it, you know. So so there is an issue, you know, and it, it was enough to make the nation pay attention. Mm-hmm. Do you realize, you know, we had to have um, laws passed to make people put on a seatbelt. You don't think about getting in your car without the seatbelt on. Yeah. You've been conditioned. Your whole life you've been putting on a seatbelt, yep. my, my, from my generation down. Yeah. But I can tell you, my uh, grandfathers and my, my father and father-in-law, you watch those guys. I mean, it was, a, you know, they complained about putting on a seatbelt, yeah. you know. But they had they had, a, they had to be ticketed for it, you know. Mm-hmm. But the seatbelt saves lives. I mean, if you um, think about it, even, even at a 20 mile an hour collision, right? If you mm-hmm. ran in, it's like you, if, without a seatbelt on, hitting the dashboard is like you'd fell off a third story building and just Ooh. hit the ground. Yeah. You know, so the acceleration is what we're talking about. It's, it's not, it's not even just acceleration. It's the, uh, the, it's the stopping. sudden stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, so, you know, some of it's just paying attention, you know, but, uh, at, you know, uh, car accidents, that's another, mm-hmm. a big reason why people come into one to of see, the, uh, one of the, the things my driving instructor always taught us when, mm-hmm. when we were, when I was younger was, uh. You know, if you are going to crash, aim for the softest object around. He's like, if you find bushes, drive through all of them. <laughs> He's like, do not hit that tree. That tree will ruin your... He goes, go yeah. through it. Hit the house. Yeah. The yeah. house is going to... The house will... Call, I mean, it's yeah. going to cost you more, but the house will be less impactful on your body because you're going to go through those walls. Whereas that tree, 
you were coming to a dead stop right. immediately. Well, they were saying no that, pun intended. Right, exactly. And it's the it's the sudden stop, you know, and it's the acceleration. It's also lucky where you are in the car. Mm. You know, I've had the um, unfortunate. Um, it was it was nice that people would consult with you, but you know, to you know where people have been killed in a car, you know, mm. during a car accident. You know, so I've I've been able to take care of um, you know people, other people that were injured in the car as a result, um, as well as those who were not injured in the same car that somebody died in. Yeah, you know, and it's it's usually human error. Somebody was speeding. Somebody lost control. Somebody looked down for a second. But when you're on your cell phone, it's like it's you're actually driving drunk. They said probably probably not quite as bad as even though it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying, but the it's like you're driving with your eyes closed and drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you're sleeping. I believe it. So so because you're looking down. I mean, if you're you're traveling, you can you guys can do the math. I mean, but yep. how fast? How far are you traveling? Look down and make a text. You think it's only a couple of seconds, yeah. but it's the amount of space. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's your speed and it's it's how far you're traveling. You know, so somebody um, wrecks themselves. That's that's one thing. But it's when we kill somebody else. You know, it's, that's, that's a, you know, you take somebody yeah. else. You you know, it's getting into the holiday time. More people are going to be drinking and driving. That's another thing. Drinking and driving. You know, that's it, crazy. That people could, will drink and then text and drive. You know, at, you know, like as we're talking. Some of you guys might be IPA drinkers. You know, I'm mm. not. You know, as I'm, I'm thinking that they yeah. look good. <laughs> but um, the IPAs, it's like you know, watch yourself with those. You know, because it's like you know, one you know, um, one normal we'll call it average beer, the average American beer. Yeah. Right? You know, it's going to have what four point two percent alcohol yeah. somewhere in there. You know, so that's that's equivalent to four ounces of wine, right? Mm-hmm. It's equivalent to one sh- measured shot, one point five ounces of alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. Measured spirits. They all have the same effect on the central nervous. Forty percent alcohol. You have to include that. Right. Oh, right. 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 Yes. Have, you can, you're going to have like ninety. Six percent alcohol. You, you, absolutely correct. And um, but but the, that equivalency is there, and it's just to decide you know how much are you drinking. But mm-hmm. once you once you start dumping somebody into the eight point twos, the nine point four beers, you know, at that some of these beers are twelve percent alcohol. But I mean, could you imagine if you'd knock down? I don't know if you, you're a beer drinker. Yeah. You know, so if you, if you normally could knock down, you know, whatever beer you drink in Heineken's or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, but, but you know, if you drink it two or three, I'm put a commercial fine again. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I did see the Corona this in there not, before. Yeah, I like this it. is not yeah. sponsored by any Anybody. beers. Other I than I will uh, give a quick shout out to uh, Hanging Hills Brewery Company over in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, because they sent me down some beer. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I started making my own beer. I got did a, you really? I had a great guest. If you guys want, he's a he's a master brewery on the island really, really all right really. i'll talk to you after the show we'll right, see we'll set that but, up but the um but that's the thing is if you used to you know what you're consuming you know how it affects you so all of a sudden you can have something that really does does whack you out so people mm-hmm. might have gotten used to you know driving buzz we know that we've seen the commercials driving mm-hmm. buzz is drunk driving yep. i mean once you go over the certain limit that's a legal registered limit of course we're affected and sometimes you won't know it because you get you get to that level on the way home you get to level when you're behind the wheel yeah so like like texting let's stop doing it you know it's easy you guys you guys are great i mean uber i mean just let's call oh my me. god uber's the greatest thing on the earth let's call uber leave the car it's a lot cheaper um i have a um, um uh, an attorney that i know um he's been on fox news a bunch of times too but i've been a couple of his lectures and um he's always the one they beat up on as the uh, opposing counsel but he's uh so but he's he actually did a lecture once where he said hey if you're gonna go out with your friends go to h2o you know mm-hmm. you want to go out dancing and stuff keep drinking yeah let's go have fun we're gonna go to the city get a call a limo have it come pick you up you know pay the premium get over there go dancing Garden City, drink there, go in the city, and it gives you, you know, all, you know, basically showing you all the charges that you're adding up, and mm-hmm. pay for everybody because one phone call to me, God forbid, you hit somebody is going to cost you more than that. Oh, you know? absolutely. And so, so I just, but again, it's 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 what it does to the other people involved, you know, because I mean, mm-hmm. just to try to live with that, like, I think it's got to be hard, you know, because people do make we all we all make mistakes. I mean, we don't want to hurt anybody, and um, you know, so um, but again, for the injuries that are there are life changing. Like you could tap somebody because you're not paying attention, tap somebody in the back. We always call it tap. We try to minimize. It, you yeah. know, where we say somebody had a whiplash or a rear end accident. The um, 
the one of the terms I use is CAD, which is cervical acceleration deceleration syndrome, mm-hmm. um, and um, the CAD injury. You know, it's the same thing. It's the whiplash we talk about, but you're hyperextending, you know, flexion, and then you go back. It's the how fast you're moving the ligaments that are torn, but. We know that some people, there's been studies where people have headaches. The uh, National Institute for Highway Safety, I think, the, um, and the Insurance Institute, they did studies on long-term um, um, effects of car accidents. And, and just people with that type of injury, low-speed rear-end impact collisions that developed headaches following or mm-hmm. neck pain and headaches, for up to 20 years later, they were still having headaches. So, I mean, you could give somebody a problem that they didn't have. They're going to have, you know, they're going to be yeah. dealing with the rest. You know, and they like, you know, always want to blame. Them. Oh, we'll go to the lawyer. You can take care of it. It doesn't take care of what we see 20 years later, 15 yeah. years later, where it's all degenerative. Mm-hmm. You know, and it'll be those areas that were injured, same ones with the herniation that continue to degenerate. And predictably, people can develop other problems, yeah. you know, at it's a younger terrible. age. You know, so, um, so again, I'm just trying to say, you know, don't don't drive impaired. And <laughs> I can't believe I did my public service announcement here. You know, hey, but, no, whatever, man. Know, so, but it's PSA's um, never hurt nobody. You know, but it's like that one thing. I just remember to slow down. Um, older drivers too in your family. I don't know how old your relatives are, but you know, we have um, we have a family member. Some of them are getting up there. Well, a big thing for them is you know, ask them to turn left and right. You know, and so if they can't move their head and put their chin pretty close oh, to yeah. their shoulder on both sides, I'm a firm believer, and you know, it's at, you, you should have to maybe not every year unless you hit a certain age you know once you hit 60 65 even some people's early as 55 you know you should probably have to go take a driving test right or eyesight should be checked you know, yep, you know like if it's if it's not basic a, stuff like rea- yeah. reaction time well it's over 75 and it depends on the individual i have i have patients of mine that are in their upper 80s you know oh, right now that attack. They are, and they they function well. Sharpest attack, but I've seen well. other people that can't even walk. You got to put you, <laughs> the the one thing I've learned recently is you know you, a lot of times you're dealing with the lowest common denominator of of all of these tests. Like you're not building your like the government's not setting the speed limit for the professional driver because it would be 150 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. It would be. You know, they're setting the bar at the lowest common denominator of people. You know, what's the safest? There's other things that go into it, too. You know, at what point the science proves, you know, at, after 55 miles an hour, you're more likely to get into, you're more likely to have serious injuries. Right. But, you know, people don't have that reaction time of, right. I'm doing 100 miles an hour and I'm going to make this right-hand turn, how right. to take it. You know, right. they're it's built to that lower standard. Right. Not that it's a bad thing, by all means. It's safer for everybody. Just that's what a lot of things are doing is building well, the that bi- standard lower. The biggest lower. thing is, it, it's, no, it's true. I mean, it some, some of the ideas of looking at driver patterns and, and you know, it's a way to educate people to maybe make a, mm-hmm. a slight bit of difference. You know, those, um, I don't know if you've taken it, you know, you, you know, some people are just too young yet to, to get their discount on a driver's test where they have to go and do their, um, they, they take the four-hour course, you know, the driver mm-hmm. safety course. Yep, do that, a, try to do that every couple Okay, years. good. And it saves on the insurance, but it's a, it's a great, if you actually take it and really work it, read everything that's there, it really does. It's re- really good. It actually does. It actually Actually tells us there's um you know it actually will give you some good information about about of course being safer and, one, and a big thing is is just being proactive you know mm-hmm. it's it's starting to take a look at things and maybe driving defensively you know mm-hmm. so when you're going through the other thing is um you know like an older person in your family have them pull through a space yep. you don't want them backing up if you can't turn your head I mean I don't want them backing up yeah another thing I had to do which it was uh, I thought a great um, uh, t- tip we got in one of those courses was pop your trunk open as you're coming out to your car mm-hmm. if you're going to back up. You know, um, especially if you're coming out from the nose of the car. So that way you have to run, walk around the back of your car and shut it to make sure there's nothing else behind your car. Mm, so, smart. 
Let's have parents do that. I mean, how many how many people have run over their own children? That's unfortunate. I mean, Jesus it's a terrible thing. Christ. I mean, people have backed over. You can probably now you got the rear, every, every car comes with a rear view camera. I think it's mandatory at this well, point. Yeah, rear view cameras are great. All the safety devices that are going on cars. I mean, these things are fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to to prevent injury. You know, some of the anti uh, whiplash prevention seats. Some of the innovations um, innovations that have uh, been made. Um, it, it's just it's mind blowing to actually the, to see it in in, uh, in in working. You know, where lane depart depart your warnings mm-hmm. and you know um, Tesla's driving ourselves it's just incredible it's like like a couple of things if you're actually in, in traffic um, especially Long Island traffic you know mm-hmm. if um, you know and I'm not saying pump your brakes to stop your car but you know when you touch your brakes that light comes on and yep. fires if you see somebody you know coming up behind you fairly quickly don't tap that tap it a little bit as you're coming up to the intersection yeah, a lot so, of people don't look in their rear, rear, rear mirrors right because just you know when you're, like, when you're starting Jesus. to slow down you should be looking up seeing who's behind you and tap it a couple of times even if you're on the la just you glance up you know you look and if you just tap it you don't have to actually alter your speed at that point but that light flashes and yep. it might make as them pay soon attention as that thing gets touched you know so so and then you know that way maybe because you don't have any room in front of you to go anywhere you're going to take the impact mm-hmm. you know so um that's one thing you can do if you feel the accident's about to happen load yourself into the seat like push your head really far back into the into the to the seat that way you're you know hopefully not accelerating any further back you know uh, oh. backwards you know so preload if you can push back hard really? um, it's the best you can that. do like if you know, think about it like um everybody in the past you know you ever see somebody get an accident they always put out that arm to protect the kid because just you know or whoever's in that other seat mm-hmm. the arm comes out to try to protect it but there's no way you're holding anybody you know back at that yeah. speed you know so it's great um, for like harder stops you can probably you, you could, could do, do you prevent that you know you prevent that dude. your I've big gulp some, i've held some people back on some pretty tight you, stops but. right or you prevent that big gulp from tumbling off the yes seat, you know? that's usually what it is it's usually uh it's usually things in my passenger seat whether it's a backpack or whatnot mm-hmm. So good stuff, man. But, but those are fun, you know. So, so uh, just ways that we can prevent injury. Like uh, some of we can't, you know. Some get, some games we're going to continue participating in. There's injury that happens, but it's where you start to go once you hurt to start to start to try to have the conversation that's a little bit different. So, you know, find a chiropractor that's on your healthcare team. Make sure your kids eventually go, you know, get them checked. Let them go to the chiropractor. You know, um, I had a, a young gymnast that was my patient tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sprain, you know, little, little um, you know, sprain strain injury. I won't say little, you know, but sprain strain injury, and you know, so we're we're watching, you're monitoring her. But you mm-hmm. know what? She won't be exposed to any medications. Yeah. You know, she's not going to need an unnecessary. You know, just to take an X-ray. Just to you know, there's no there's no just in case. It's like she's been examined. We know what's going on with her, and we've mm-hmm. established a plan of care that her parents understand and follow. You know, so cooperatively we work together. You know, so so if we don't expose her, and her parents are very, cons- you know. Um, uh, they were just they're just very concerned not to expose their kids to those medications mm-hmm. um that they they kind of gravitated towards us they found us you know about you know uh, from publications we've done so awesome. so um it's you know so it's it's you know there's chiropractors are a definite resource for you you know I, I tell you it's a great career if anybody's thinking about doing something different if you're a rugby player you know definitely <laughs> contact you know definitely contact the uh particularly a good defensive uh you know uh you know <laughs> corner somebody or somebody a running back with great speed you got good hands but anyway um life is a great place to go so take a look at it new york chiropractic college also upstate new york seneca falls is a, mm-hmm. a beautiful college they had built they had bought the old eisenhower college years ago and it's okay. rated, it's, i think it's rated like one of the 10 best colleges to work at in the country oh, so wow. good good place they have um, um a wonderful anatomy course i mean there's other people going up there for other things absolutely you know, the, um you know so they'll uh, there's a um, radiologist of course in chiropractic that you know take take diplomate status they basically go for extra training and diplomate mm-hmm. uh, in, in neurology orthopedics but they do those kind of courses up there as well um so they have a chiropractic program they have the um you know uh, definitely anatomy they got some nutrition stuff that that's up there but 
Um, go on their website. There's also, uh, I think, DeVille is how you say it, DeVille, mm-hmm. upstate um, New York. And then there's uh, nearby we have also um, in Connecticut, we have um, – uh, University of Bridgeport has a chiropractic program as well. Oh, no, you know, I didn't. And I just was at a seminar where it's our school too. Uh, it is, it is. I was just at a seminar where the um, their um, senior residents in X-ray were actually studying over at Stony Brook with their residents. Oh wow! And um, the um, head of Stony Brook Radiology came to a seminar that um, a chiropractic radiologist by the name of Terry Yoakum, um, he they they came to hear him speak. And Terry Yoakum, interestingly enough, is a um, he, he's a fantastic chiropractor. But his his book was the first book in chiropractic to be published. He's a radiologist, so first um, a chiropractic radiologist, first mm-hmm. textbook of a chiropractor to be published by a mainstream medical um, producer, Williams and Wilkins. And so he's got he said two or maybe two I think two full editions, and maybe there's a third now. But um, the, the uh, so he's a legend in chiropractic, but he was the teacher of the year at University um, Colorado. Um, he ran radiology centers um, in Australia, I believe. You know, so the guy has an amazing resume. But no. it was amazing. It was very interesting to see how many radiologists that he had worked with that actually, you know, having them and the medical residents come and listen to him. Mm-hmm. Plus, the head of Mather Hospital's uh, radiology program was there as well, you know. And um, you know, he's, he gave he's, he's an older man, but he's you know he's definitely in his game. I mean, um, he wrote sharp. A, you know, so he's a sharp man. Yeah. And um, but his uh, his book was you know it was a groundbreaking for our profession. So from a little historical point of view, um, he wrote a book called I Wish I had, uh, if he could come back. I think something about him coming back. He's a baseball fanatic. He's a Cardinal <laughs> fan. Sorry guys, but he is um, he's a baseball man. He's a big man. So yeah. He's a baseball player, but he's a righty. But he wanted to be a lefty so bad, you know, for the advantages of uh, having left hand. So he wrote a book about that, looking at life as a lefty. He came back as a left hander. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said that'll be the reading the reading list I send my kids for Christmas this year. You know? <laughs> so um, give me this book. So some of the things too. Also, uh, veterans. I on a, that list I gave you the um, veterans. I had a, a site. There's a Patriot Project. So mm-hmm. any veteran coming back home, anybody knows they can get access to chiropractic. Won't cost them anything. Um, and it's for people who love what they do. They try to push it through the, the VA if the VA has benefits. The VA should have chiropractors at every site now. There's politics involved in you know of they course, play yeah. they play games. Unfortunately, I don't know why, um, yeah. but it's politics and um, you know so it's biasness. It's just it's just sad. But the um, the idea that um, all you know uh, chiropractors should be paid part of tri tricare you know which is the military's benefits but it's uh they should take care of all active duty uh military retirees and veterans but the and, and chiropractors should be commissioned in part in the armed forces you know we should see somebody we should see chiropractic care at advanced units when mm-hmm. you think about what our guys you know what our paratroopers wear when they jump out of a plane with, with, with the packs that these guys carry what they're doing on a daily basis not sleeping in normal beds yeah. i mean you think Tremendous you, i mean you know body. i mean try now you guys go sleep on the floor when you're in high school you could when you're in Middle school, you could do it with no problem, you know. By the end of high school, you want it to bed. Yeah. You know, yep. now think about some of these guys have done, you know. So, and then plus all the physical trauma, you know, um, mm-hmm. that they've been exposed to. So, they, so that's, um, you know, that's just something to consider. But it's um, on there. It's called the patriotproject.org. Mm-hmm. And it was volunteer chiropractors that provided that. I'm on that list as well. Um, you know, so we'll be happy to treat people. The, um, I think, what else? Um, Coverage-wise, uh, were you thinking tonight? You know, Nothing. Like, Dude, we just crushed an hour and a half. Did we? An hour. I hope and a half you guys done. enjoyed it, man. I was like, I was just starting to get into it too. <laughs> this went way too fast. The last time we tried it, man, I was like shaking. The oh whole my time. god! Yeah, yeah. So you came in, in much more, much more, uh, 
Relax this time. It was good. No, we, you know, and it's funny. All the stuff we prepared, we, I don't think I touched. I, no, Dude, that's love. okay. You'll, you know. you'll be back. All right, you'll good. We got some more topics. Do you, so. uh, you want to share any way for people to find you, anything like that? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm I don't at, know if you have uh, any social media or anything. I'm at uh, longislandcairo.com is my website. My okay. last name is spelled F as in Frank, A-C-Q-U-E-T. And um, I'm in Smithtown. If you look me up, I'm also part of the Prescription Chiropractic uh, Group, which is a um, uh, we got together to market. Uh, we're part of the Mather Chiropractic Collaboration, which is evidence-based informed chiropractic. They've been board approved it to be part of the, uh, this hospital group. Um, we're, we're affiliated with them. So Prescription Chiropractic, I have a bunch of blogs on there. If they want to find me there, that's pretty cool. Um, and. Um, some some of them the blogs are more read than others. Other topics are interesting. They won't <laughs> let me write about beer there for. And, <laughs> they won't uh, let me write about beer. The, the uh, New York State Chiropractic Association. I have some other links on here. The American Chiropractic Association. Um, I have a five minute video that I linked on here too from the um, um, Federation of Chiropractic, um, which mm-hmm. is the World Federation of Chiropractic. And it's interesting about why why would I go to a chiropractor? Another one on why I want to be a chiropractor. There's a couple of links like that. Oh, that's cool. So you know, um, again, if anybody has a question, I'm um, you know love to talk to you about what you know chiropractic might be a good fit. What chiropractic college, of course, I'll life, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, but it's a but it's. Um, you know, but all the other colleges are great, and everybody has a different fit academically and with their experience too. If you have a question about, um, you know, about a healthcare problem or a family member, you know, somebody can't turn their head when they when they're moving. You know, let, let's have them consult the chiropractor. My my prescription chiropractic group, great guys. My New York State Chiropractic Association, wonderful ACA, ICA. I like chiropractors um, or any medical professional. That's part of their – I think they, everybody should be part of the state association. They should be contributing to their um, – you should see things up where they've contributed back to their alma maters because I think it's a good I think it's a good thing. It makes the professionals. He's going to courses. He's, he's active engaged. You know, so, um, you know, no man's an island, and I, you know, I think we can uh, agree that, uh, you know uh, – Together we accomplish more. Yeah, together. I think so. So anyway, I, you know, I, I appreciate it. It was a, it was a fun. It was fun doing this. You know? <laughs> Till next time, brother. Till next time. Thank you much. No problem. Peace out. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, greatly, greatly appreciate anyone who's willing to dedicate. Uh, their time to listen to my show so huge thank you to that if you enjoy the show hit that subscribe button if you really enjoy the show share it out tell somebody share it on social media send it in a text message i don't care what you do let somebody know about it if you're enjoying something why be greedy and hold on to it i tell everybody about all the podcasts i listen to not even just mine i listen to probably 30 different podcasts i would say all together and uh you know, I try to I try to share them all out whenever I can. Even the smaller smaller uh, shows that I follow, always kind of trying to learn, always trying to hear some quality material, whether it's funny or educational or business related or whatever it may be, mindset related. Always trying to learn. So, uh, you know, tell somebody about it. Always helps me out. Uh, obviously, the website's live. You can check out some new things on there. Going to be doing some major renovations to it as well. That's brutally honest podcast. B r u t a l l y h-o-n-e-s-t podcast dot com uh yeah lots of good things coming for you guys uh last but not least huge thank you to the nerds that care I spoke about it in the beginning but I don't think I can really stress how important it is to have your own in-house outsourced I um chief technology officer it's uh it's really important to have especially when you're making those really big financial decisions in your company um usually dealing with expansion and growth that's when you need it most. 
is when you're you're making those huge financial purchases and you need that guidance of maybe you're not keeping up to date on all the latest and greatest technology or the most up-to-date security systems and whatnot uh, for your business as far as computer security and server security goes these are all things that they can help you with so go check them out nerdsthatcare.com and uh you know if you're lucky maybe you'll even get to talk to me little insider insider tip so thank you guys so much for tuning in a couple more shows this week and uh like i said i got some i got a crazy crazy schedule for the next two months i would say and uh you know it's filling up quick so until then guys peace